We're so excited to share a new addition to the Critical Role family with our podcast, Midst. In this semi-improvised audio drama, journey to the small desert planet of Midst and follow the lives of three complicated antiheroes as they deal with falling moons, unsolved murders, cult brainwashing, supernatural darkness, and a whole clusterfuck of cosmic problems. Look to the Midstal of the Week, a.k.a. Wednesdays, for new weekly episodes at Midst.co, your favorite podcast app, or Critical Role's YouTube channel. Greetings, investigators. My name is Talison Jaffe, and welcome to the podcast version of our tabletop role-playing show, Candela Obscura, created by Critical Role Productions. If you accept the supernatural risks and dare to stream Candela Obscura as it airs, you can join us on the last Thursday of the month at 7 p.m. Pacific on twitch.tv slash critical role or on youtube.com slash critical role. Otherwise... You can find the podcast version of the show right here on our Candela Obscura show page and the video version on our YouTube channel two weeks after the initial stream. Now then, investigators, with these formalities settled, let us begin this chilling tale. A dark bargain is struck from a place of anguish, and a wandering innocence aims to even the score losing itself in the process. Curfew now falls on the streets of Groundswell as the periphery aim to snuff out a local uprising. And though it's true that many assignments have violent beginnings, violent ends rarely bring a satisfying resolution. A wise investigator knows when it's best to sheath the blade and bear the heart. The Circle of Tide and Bone Assignment number 3713, Guardian of Groundswell. issued in the district of Groundswell. It is 10 o'clock, and even though the last workers from the steel are probably trickling their way home from a late shift in the factories, tired, covered in soot, it's a curfew. And Officer Eunice Park has all of the right in the world to stop anyone she sees detain, interrogate. As she walks her beat through 
the cobblestone streets, she keeps hearing soft-soled footsteps around corners. And yet, when she peeks her head around, she never finds anyone. But she hears them, and she knows. With a shaky breath, she shakes it off. It's all for the best. It's fine. The curfew should help the unrest over that stupid fucking well in the market. She coughs, <clears throat> clears her throat a little anxiously. All the rumors of the surge in Cullet, in these and some of the other poorer neighborhoods on the west side of the river has her a little skittish. The sooner the periphery calls off whatever this is, restores the peace, and she can get back to her silver slip beat, the better. Rounding a corner, she spots a lone girl, couldn't be more than 13, standing, hunched over, panting, bracing herself on a street light. Citizen, what are you doing out? There is a curfew. The girl doesn't look up. Do you need help? She begins to draw closer. And the girl pants, trying desperately to catch her breath. <sighs> I was, I was right, right. You can always tell when you're coming, coming. The boots, they're too loud. You don't go here. She begins to hyperventilate harder. She drops to her knees on all fours and begins retching up water. She screams with the effort of it. It pours out in gallons across the street, more than any one set of lungs or stomach could hold. It runs through rivulets between the cobblestones in the direction of Officer Park, who, forgetting any of the deep belief that she has as an officer of the periphery to protect and serve backs away instead of offering more aid. She backs farther, beginning to speed up and the rivulets begin to give chase in a way that becomes undeniable. She turns running and it's only after a few steps when she rounds the corner that she hears pursuit by something the footsteps are so fast and she can hear it gaining on her and it sounds like someone running through a puddle she's overrun suddenly knocked over and dragged back in the direction from whence she came it reminds her of spending summers in the water in the normally so pleasant coast of the glass sea, but every now and then you get surprised by a wave and pulled out by the riptide. But she remembers her training. She rolls onto her back, brandishing her pistol at what she sees is a humanoid figure made entirely of seawater. But the training's there. She unloads the contents of her pistol, four shots into the torso, and this thing is unfazed. It holds the bullets within it. And in her gasp of alarm and shock and confusion, it lunges, filling her mouth 
and her nose rushing in, pushing into her lungs, drowning her in seconds. The girl eventually makes her way over to the corpse, still panting, pale and wan. She gets her breath together. She looks down at the face, shocked, surprised, mouth just a little agape. The girl remembers the old ways, what she was taught as a child. Respect for the dead here and always involves breath binding, close the mouth, cover the nose. Do not let the soul escape, lest it wander, haunted, haunting. She slowly drops to a knee, reaches forward, and tugs lightly at the officer's chin. A little burble of salt water spills out. She doesn't notice, doesn't care. As she kneels contemplating her kill, a pair of soft-soled shoes round the corner, a worker making his way home after a long day slinking, having to hide in the streets of his home because of a curfew put on him by the people that they are protesting against. He sees the girl, he sees the officer, and there is no change in the speed of his gait or the sternness of his gaze. Could have happened to any mother's child. The girl nods in agreement. Anyone at all? and takes her time and walks away. We come back then to a week after our first adventure, our first assignment. You returned the serious man to the antiquarian, to your chapter house, where lightkeeper Nakari took over the situation immediately, tending his wounds, looking at all of you and your various states. And there's something to a little bit of protocol. Candela is a distributed network, yes, but there are rules. And some of you with the looks on your faces, he knows, they know that you're a little too close to this. Maybe some of you, the ones that live here shouldn't be around while this figure recovers. They send you off. They will call for you, summon you back here, if and when there is sufficient recovery so that you may conduct uh, an interrogation. You are owed answers, but so is Candela, and they will take the time needed to get what they need. So, you have some days now. Where do you go? What do you do to recover? And I think in this moment, it's important to note that we uh, did all of our illumination keys and circle uh, advancement off camera. So we do have uh, three iterations of Stitch between Cosmo, Elsie, and uh, Rajan, and uh, one refresh from Oscar. And while we're talking mechanics, you want to let me know what uh, action point did you move as a result of your scar? 
in the first assignment. So, due to the integrity of my upper shoulder and chest being compromised, I'm removing one from control. However, the compound eye that has started to develop has given me a bonus to sight. So I'll add that to survey. Your time is your own. And I cannot imagine that you don't all have a lot to talk about. So, I will step back for the moment and leave you to it. We're good. <laughs> Great. I'm tired, honestly. Well, a point of clarification. Uh, Nikari has, has attended to this gentleman in at the aquarium, correct? Yes. And sent us away. Yes. So I, I would uh, venture to guess that uh, we'd be staying with you for the time being. Um, I've welcomed all of you into my home, I suppose. Um, Madame Glass is back in her office, keeping herself busy so that she could take her mind off of this as much as she possibly can. She's been counting money, she's been checking on the girls, just anything she can to keep herself busy. You're all welcomed to stay in any of my extra rooms for as long as you need. Please make yourself at home. Well, you've got a bunch of houses. Maybe you want to use one of them, or are you going to stay with, uh, with us in the, um, the red light? My appearance is a bit discomforting to those who work on your premises. Perhaps it's best if I stay apart for a while. I would suggest that that night was so um, dramatic that uh, perhaps everyone took some time to themselves to collect their own thoughts before speaking, but, and correct me if that is wrong, uh, but if eventually, after a day or two, Cosmo would have summoned you all and arranged a meeting to clear the air. Too many secrets. Well, I, I feel guilty about uh, not telling you, Madame Glask, about what I knew and about the dangers. You know, you hire me to protect you and to protect your business, and I just didn't think it was my place to share other people's business, that's all. Of all people, I think I would understand that the most, so you're not entirely to blame. However, from now on, no more. I mean, I have no more secrets. Would you care to explain the one that was revealed before? Oh. I mean, I can try, but honestly, I don't really understand it myself. You might be able to fill in any gaps. Yeah, that would help. I, um, a while ago, a long while ago. 87 years ago. 
was a different life and a different time. We were on a trip, returning from, I don't remember anymore, but we were on a boat, a ship at sea, and you had been performing with the circus. That's right. I was, that's right, I was, I was, I was something of a performer. That's right, I was, um, I was the Great Grim. Our family name had been something else, but I changed it to be on stage. And I was there with my family, my wife and son, maybe some others. Yes. Your daughter, Iris, and your brother, Quentin. I guess so. And me. You I remember. Your son, Cosmo. My son, Cosmo. How is this possible? I was a boy that day. I had not been ten for very long. It was nice traveling with my father, our family. I liked to watch all the performers. You and the jugglers and tumblers and magicians. It was a good life. Another one. Another life. Something happened, something with that man. It was late, it was dark. He looked the same age. His face pulled tight, his skin too, too clean, too healthy, like a mask. He did something, some, some of that magic that Candela's always talking about. Yes, he appeared on the ship out of nowhere. At sea, it wasn't a very large boat at all. He performed some sort of ritual that day. That's right, you, you were there, right? Do you really not remember? Take a brain. A brain? Okay. The strain and stress of feeling around like a loose tooth. The things that you don't remember anymore. There were symbols, runes, drawn with salt and sand. Um, I don't remember it all, but what I do, I, I don't understand. Whatever he did, sundered the ship. It split down the middle and began to sink. You tumbled down toward the center of whatever he was doing. 
pushed me back. Something happened to you. And we lost mother and Iris and, and your brother. What was her name? Cora. Your, your wife was Cora. You don't remember. There's a lot of me I don't remember anymore. Or has been taken from me. Is this the reason why you came back after what Elsie did? Ever since that day, that event, whatever he did, it filled me with a great feeling of I don't know, but it felt wrong, and it felt good. Yes. The great power. When my sister was thrall to Ma, I found her digging. Ma used my twin sister and I to try to open gate. A serious man saved my mother. She was on death's door and he brought her old fair artifacts that saved her life, but at great cost. It sounds like you have also paid a terrible price for his meddling. I don't think whatever he did was intentional to me. Maybe I was just in the wrong place at the right time. But ever since then, I've... I keep coming back, and I never change. I have spent many decades studying antiquity, and the pages of history are riddled if you look hard enough with stories that suggest people like you, like you, even like you. I do not believe in coincidence. Take that for what you will. I don't have any right to be angry. But why didn't you tell me? Why didn't either of you tell me? I mean, to be honest, and the boy doesn't like to hear this, but I'm done. I've given up. What do you mean? We've been trying for a century to fix me. And it's just not going to happen. You don't know that. I'm convinced that there are others like him. Obviously, the gentleman at the antiquarian who looks not a day older than when we first saw him. 
and in history as well. I should have... When you have a son, you should not outlive them. I've been a burden to my boy. I just want his... I want this burden to end. But at the same time, I'm... He's the only part of myself that I remember anymore. Elsie, Miss Glask. A, a very large reason why I never shared this is because I am all but positive that Candela will lock him away. It's only because of my years of service that they have tolerated his freedom as long as they have, and I have used these decades trying to find something, anything, to help him. And, and though I am not afflicted with his condition, I too feel stretched. I'm all so tired. And I have tried for a very long time to honor my father. Perhaps that is foolish, perhaps a fool's errand. Well, one thing's for certain. If the Ascendancy or the Periphery were to learn about your gifts. And Oscar, if life is your curse, then perhaps living is the cure. I mean, I've tried that. But every joy that I've ever had is taken from me. Every love that I've ever had, every family I've ever known, they just, I outlast them, I forget them. They die. Let's just be for a little while longer, at least. But you know, I uh, turns out I'm I'm not the biggest freak of our group. No offense. Oh, none taken. I mean, you you've got all sorts of problems, but but also supernatural ones. Hello, Raj. It would appear that most of our secrets are out in the open now. Yeah, just buzzing around. <laughs> Was it, were you always? Since I've known you? I didn't know how to broach the subject. And I'm sorry that I kept it from you. But it seems that everyone here had good reason for keeping their secrets to themselves. Go ahead and take a beast pool token for me. You two were together. 
first time? This never came up. I always asked. Everything he shared with me was like a knife in him. What was I going to say? What was I going to show you that would make this all right? Then that why? wouldn't send you running, screaming. Then why did you get close to me at all? the things she loves. But sometimes, your subjects don't want to be fixed. And that's just a hard truth that some of us have to live with. I wish it were different. But it's not. You are awfully quiet. I want to know, Oscar. This sea god that you came about meeting. Sea god? The gods of the sea. That I gave mean, and take and taken away from you. Oh, I don't know anything about that. It was a man. I do. Where I'm from. We worship the gods of the sea. This fine establishment that I have is, was a gift from them. Uh, well. From the gods? Yes, with a fair trade. Delightful. And the reason why I'm alone now. What did you trade? Any sense of home. My family, all of them, with the promise of riches. And so, again, I say, perhaps living is the cure, because the gods of the seer are fair. You gave up your family for all this? Not knowingly. I prayed for peaceful waters and wealth in a new world, but I didn't know that that came with a price. And that price seems fair to you. Who am I to question a god? <laughs> well, here we all are. Ripe with secrets, hmm. and heavy with baggage. We ought to form a circle. I mean, yeah, it's a pretty fucked up circle. You brought us together, Cosmo, but 
You must have known. What about us? What about them? Well, you and I knew about Dr. Roberts. Yeah. I always knew this lad was a little trouble, but you managed to hold your cards close to the vest, son. He's good at that. I'm not the only one here who kept their fair share of secrets. My mind always comes back to fate. There is no reason, no logical reason why we should be bound together like this. It's undeniable. You hear a small knock, very quiet, at the door. Faint enough that anyone else might miss it in the throes of serious conversation, but you and Quinny have an understanding. And you know when she seeks to interrupt you, it's important. Answer, Quinny. She pushes the door open and is holding a small letter sealed with a little lighthouse and a flame. This is for, this is for all of you. I'm just gonna, thank you. And she just lays it on a table beside the door and closes the doorway. She's not gonna cross to come into the room. They have a little stamp. That's cute. Uh, I go over to the table and open up the letter that I read aloud. Yep. Uh, It is a very brief missive from Lightkeeper Nakari on behalf of Candela, uh, simply stating that though it had only been a day, uh, a serious man. And here they use the name Torengevni is awake and before he is to be transported to the fourth pharaohs, he can give you an hour to make your peace with him. Oh boy. Um, I mean, we've been looking for this guy forever. I, I trust you, you have as well. Not nearly as long as you. Well, should we go find out if he's a magician or a, a bug or a god? Oh, yes. I think we can learn a lot in an hour. If you're going to do that thing, you just give us a warning because it's really fucking creepy. I don't think I'll need to. Strangely beautiful, though. Strangely. Oscar, if you do get answers, or a solution, what will happen to you? To Cosmo? I, I can only hope that whatever happens to me is fast and painless. 
and that he gets to live some of his life without me. And from there, we cut. It takes you 20 minutes to cross through the districts, cross the river, get back to the antiquarian, your home, your chapter house, the site of this interrogation. It begins to rain outside a little bit. The weather turning gray and same and oppressive. And you walk in to the back rooms. Everything else is shut down. Eloise is uh, sort of tidying up the front edifice, though the sign is closed. This is as close as you get to uh, lockdown here. And sitting in front of you in the little room in a plush green velvet chair, the back wall sits the serious man, Torin Gaffney, who regards you all and seems constrained somehow. There's no fight in him, no urge to flee out of the back door or the front. He seems stuck like a cat. Is he bound? No. Lightkeeper Nakari greets you in the front. Uh, you don't have very much time, and I've done what I can to usher his compliance in. Uh, and I think it's very easy to see that he, that they look very strained, as though weariness has taken over and whatever workings were required to get the serious man's compliance wear heavily on a light keeper who is already so close to being pushed too far. They take a seat in the front and keep an eye out of the window for the approach of a car to take Torin away. Good luck. Lightkeeper. Professor, this Torin Gevney appears to have not aged for almost a century. Have you ever encountered anything of the such? I'm happy to speak to that, unless you would like to. I've read of accounts from centuries past. I have reason to believe that people like these gentlemen walk amongst us, possibly. It is a rare thing. We call them what they call themselves, unabridged, through great and terrible alchemical workings of unknown cost. They extend their lives indefinitely. They can be killed. But other than that, if left uninterrupted, they will not perish of age or disease. An important differentiator between some other interesting phenomenon that Candela has encountered. And with that, they kind of scan the group just to see if anything was given away. It is very obvious to all of you looking at them 
that Lightkeeper Nakari is aware of Oscar's condition, but they don't know how much you know. I'm fairly certain that there have been these folk walking this world at least as far back as the height of old fair and beyond. Yes. Well, there's no need in talking around it. He's right here. Please, I cannot hand off a corpse. But I think, given what I know of some of your connections, anything short of that, it's just, you know, rough passage across the city. And with that, Nakari, who has been so cold to you, gives you just a little nod, as if to say, were it not for the thing I have to be here for all of you, I'd understand where you're coming from a little bit more. And regains their composure. And again, retakes their seat in the front, uh, keeping an eye out for the approach of Candela vehicles. So they're out of the room? They're out of the room. Well, uh, Dr. Savarimutu, I have a lifetime of questions and wouldn't mind a few more moments to select the ones I'll ask in this short amount of time. So if you would like to begin. You've been waiting much longer than I have. And I think before we begin, I need to ask one thing. Yes. I don't understand the connection between the serious man and Director Greenvale at Graceslate. Oscar and I were outside. Did you find anything of use? That's right. I did. I am going to say that maybe I shared it with Cosmo already. Yeah, in okay. the intervening time. Yes, if you had a day to share uh, those letters, uh, you would have seen that they were, there was a stack of three of them. They were written in uh, ancient Farron. And the interesting thing is the like stack of what's happening. Literally translated, uh, the letters speak uh, very plainly and succinctly about another shipment of Nighthawk being delivered in order to uh, prolong the director's vigilance. Do and I know what Nighthawk is? Is that like a drug or like a... Give me, yeah, you know what, give me a little focus roll on that. Okay. Come on. Are we all allowed come, to... Come on, come on. It's a group, like if you want to, there's no group checks here if you want to bolster Elsie's roll. Yes, because we discussed it. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. I did make if a okay, I did make a okay. shitty roll, so I'm gonna add <laughs> one of one drive. Come on. If you want to add to this roll too, I will allow you to re uh, to to tack on. I realize I have no drives to give. <laughs> oh no! I have a lot of drives to give, baby. What you, uh, what you fails, fails, fails oh, across yes. the board. We get our drives back. But we do get our drives back. Yes. Oh, cause that's a fun. Oh, good. Thank God. <laughs> fire is so cute. Mama needed a drive. <laughs> While this is being discussed, I will take a moment to step aside and remind Lightkeeper Nakari that someone should secure Grace Late. 
Director Greenvale is a person of great interest, and if I'm not mistaken, action will be taken to secure whatever intelligence is there, and if we don't move quickly, it will be lost to us. Understood. Not to mention the fact that they were trying to hammer their way into some sort of passage with a human cannonball. Dark days indeed. Is there anything else in the papers? Uh, yes. So, uh, that <clears throat> substance draws a tidy blank because it is so obscured. It's not in the like normal lexicon of uh, chemist tinctures and potions. Uh, but they're very matter of fact. I will return at the end of the week. I require two more bodies. The frailty is a problem. But the thing that's layered on top, because you felt it too without having to understand uh, the ancient Farron, is that reading them, your eyes sort of glancing across the words, you felt a different kind of story, very racy note of love and longing and passion that inspires in your mind trysts that never occurred, memories planted as you read. Like in my mind? Mm-hmm. Anyone that reads the letter. With a specific person? Uh, very specifically, the beautiful version of the nun. Right. Sister Ivar. Well, let's, who wants to begin? Your time is ticking. We have 55 minutes left. I suggest that you begin, because when I begin, I don't know that the serious man will be able to give you the answers that you seek. Point taken. Godot, come, come, sit in Pop-Pop's lap. Ooh. Oh, scratch is over. Pop's up. Isn't really reading the vibe of the room. So happy to be here. <laughs> Tugging on your tweed, licking your face. I actually have, um some questions for the serious man if no one else is prepared to speak. Please. How about it, Doctor? I'm good at this. I'm going to approach him, visibly nervous. How have you elongated your life in this way? known only to those with access to the old ways. What do you mean, the old ways? In Old Fair, long ago, there were many alchemists of great renown the secrets began with them, perfected by the Empress herself. The Empress? I mean, I, the everlasting. How did you get access 
to this information? A book. What book? One that you have no hope of reaching. Sorry. What? Book. The Auric Tome. <sighs> Watching this uh, questioning picking up on Torin's um, hunger or uh, brimming rage, and I, are they on the verge of attacking us, or? What? Give me a read roll. Yes, yes, that's what I was poking for. Yeah. <laughs> right. Come on. That's a big fail. Okay. <laughs> you. What? Uh -huh. No, I'll let it fail. Okay. I think I know what you're going for, and I'm happy to oblige. As you lean in, trying to figure out what's going on, what is this mood, you're getting closer to a person who has stacked so much magic on themselves that they are a phenomena in and of themselves. Please take one bleed. Yes. As you search. Yes. For the truth of this man. Madame Glask wants to approach him. She wants to understand if it really was her gods that helped, I mean, that uh, that took from her, or was this just the magic, the same magic that's here that affected everyone else? Are you trying to interrogate him or get a sense of it via a connection with uh, the occult? I want to ask him a question. Oh, sure. Uh, he sits there, continuing to writhe. Was it you that night? The one that spoke back? The one that took everything from me? You? Yes. You watch him as he wants to spit something cruel and mocking. Can't. I don't know you. I have never met you. Yeah, Madame Glass kind of sinks back, heartbroken. This tome, where is it? I am not its keeper. But you know its secrets. How? I know a lot of secrets. GM, I did not want to interrupt yeah. anyone, but yeah, you one of my weird abilities is yes. that whenever you take one or more bleed marks, you also gain additional information about the phenomenon that harmed you. Ooh. Ask Abria one question about it's the so source. It's so specific. <laughs> That's what it says. Wild. The source of the bleed. Spencer. My, my one question is, yes. um, how old is this individual before me? When you get this kind of information, you've done this before, this is a part of who you are, how does it come to you? Uh, is it a whisper or a vision? It's, uh, my eyes roll a little bit and I, cease to 
sense the room around me, and I have flashes. A flash. Visions. A flash. And he walks beside the architects of the last great war. A flash. And there he walks. Another war, a civil war, before that. Again and again, he was there when circumstance forced humanity to flee, uh, to flee circumstance and flood back into the Fairlands, to flood back in and rebuild new fair on the bones of the old. A flash, older still, a time between modernity when the memory of old fair still rang in this part of the world. There was no hope of a return to glory. Close enough to remember if the stories were spread closer to Ayamene than to now. 3 times you have been involved in some sort of cursed events my sister whatever is happening at gray slate and on oscar's ship mm. what is it you seek what are you trying to achieve or find he fights and that's the truth of it, you see it in this moment. He is not a snake trying to strike. That a little bit, but he is fighting with everything in him from long millennia of life to resist the compulsion to divulge the secrets that he has kept longer than New Fair has existed. Some magics are too strong. I seek the rituals of Ayamene. Five. If held a new empire that will not fall as the old did. Kalanin in his stupidity, dethroned her, cast her, locked her away. And in two years, old fair, the greatest empire this world has seen, was gone. Locked her where? Empress. Below the caves, a secret place of forgetting. That's why you were digging. Mm. This is the Empress you spoke of earlier. I am an And you think you've found her resting place, do you? If she was like me, she did not die. If she was like you, she could not. So she lies there. 
still, eternal, unblinking, waiting. She served a purpose. She held her world together, took the bleed that rotted her kingdom into herself, and her empire flourished at great cost. But we know more now. Electricity can do what alchemy cannot. And I would see myself emperor of a better world. Is she the one that made you like this? No. I have never met her. Oh, the history does not line up. You would have to be far older to be Iomene's contemporary. Tell me, it has been almost a century since you and I last laid eyes on each other. Do you remember me? My appearance has changed some. I don't know you. You remember him? I'm just seething in the corner, just clenching my fists with anger. You, I know. You. Spoiled. A great gift. Wasted. On you. A gift. I'm gonna step forward and throw out my overcoat a bit and reach in and pull out a length of chain that I keep tucked in the lining. It's about four and a half feet long and I'm gonna stride over to this man and is he, unless he resists, I'm going to whip it around his neck and pull tight. He cannot resist. Oscar, Oscar, think about what you're doing. I'll loosen it just enough so that he can get out words. Um, Easy, boy. Easy. All of this is fascinating for you Candela people, but I could give two shits about empresses and caves and... All I want to know is how to fix me. And it seems like you're under some sort of magical spell. And if you don't know the answer, I'll know and then I have no more use for you. Then do it. Tell me how to fix me. I do not know. Then I'll pull tight, as tight as I can, and start to strangle him. Oscar. Yeah. Give me I'll let you decide. Is this strike or control? Strike seems fun. Yeah. Go I'm gonna drive. I'm gonna move to try to stop him. I don't think I'm gonna be able to, but. I will say, uh, knowing your particular kit, you do have an ability that could bolster. Oh, I do, because I'm using this chain. Mm -hmm. you're, you're goddamn right. <laughs> Um, 
Okay. Uh, yes, I do have a. We modified an ability from uh, from the soldier page called sharpshooter, but now let's call it hard hitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it gives me an extra two dice when I do uh, some change, some change shit. Yeah. Uh, so I got a five. A mixed success. I need you to take a brain. Because this feels so right. So good. 33 scars. A long, a life too long lived. 32 avenged. What's the last one? The last one is a scar I do not wear on my skin, but it is part of me and has been for 90-ish years. And this man is responsible for it. And every scar hurts, but they hurt a little less when you get revenge. And so I will squeeze tighter still. Can I try to speak to him? Go ahead. Oscar, he doesn't know how to fix you. That doesn't mean he did it. He caused this. You don't know that. He, he said was it was there. a gift. He's jealous of your gift. Oscar. That means he didn't give it. I want him to suffer just as much as you do, but Candela has access to resources that we do not. Perhaps, if we keep him alive, we can find information on these rituals of Iomene and find a way to cure you. You can't kill him anyway. He throws himself forward out of the chair. He cannot hurt any of you. He must answer your questions. But what he seeks in this moment has nothing to do with hurting any of you. He will throw himself forward violently in hopes you have held your chain tight enough to allow him to choose his own end. I mean, I'm holding it pretty tight. Yeah? No role required. He throws himself forward as you reflexively like hold firm, trying not to lose a grip on him. It's just enough. The angle's just right. And you hear a little crack. And he goes slack in your arms. The unabridged, you remember now it's not that they can't die. They can die. Just not without a little help. Meaning what? They can be killed. Yes. If they are left to their own devices, they'll live indefinitely. Yes. But if an act of violence is enacted on them, oh. they can be killed. That's the fundamental difference that and the shadow between what they are and what your father is. I think I'm stunned then because the only real world evidence I've had is my father. You can put it together now. Why Candela watched without intervention, why they took advantage of moments of his fury uh, and foolishness to get him caught locked in the brink 
under watchful eyes, brokering deals so that you would be responsible for him and they could watch him because he is not a known factor. The rituals that made him are different than the ones that made the unabridged. Oscar. still sort of locked in, I'm just still holding the chains as tight as I can, and I step on his back to just pull it even tighter. I lay my hand on him, Oscar. I just kind of reflexively turn and then stop, because I don't want to hurt her. I'm sorry you didn't get your answers, Oscar. But you need to let go. He's done. He had more information to give Oscar, and not just for you. What? What information? He didn't know shit. He's lived for centuries. He didn't know anything. He was talking about emperors and and bullshit in the past, and a book. He did see if you heard him. He said he didn't know where the book is. He had dealings with this Iovar. He had dealings with Rajan. Oh, oh dear. God damn it. We'll have to hope that Greenville can provide some insight. What's done is that, at least. But we do know. Somewhere below the sanatorium. Perhaps there's more answers there. Because the only lead. Take a break. In 90 years. Oh. In this room, as everything goes quiet, as all of the focus on the serious man, this Gevni, is dissipated as he leaves this room and this world and this life. You notice that on the side table, normally covered in uh, a well-polished pewter tea service and flowers and various objects that uh, Eloise uh, carefully maintains, all that's been cleared away. There are three objects sitting there stands to reason that perhaps these were the contents of uh, Mr. Gevney's person when you brought him in. I think because you had him literally slung over your shoulder, uh, one of the objects, a ornate gold, solid gold doorknob covered in symbols and strange geometries and markings makes sense now because you like couldn't help but feel it in a pocket but besides that are a little syringe that reminds you vaguely of uh, a bleed containment vial but with a needle and a plunger and the third an ornate knife that reminds you with only minor differences in detail of your decorative dagger that you keep in your chair. What was the first one again? Uh, a doorknob. A doorknob. <clears throat> Can I 
see if in my studies I notice that any of these objects might be in some way related to his longevity. Mm. Uh, go ahead in your in study. So go ahead and give me a focus roll. Did you see there were markings on them? Runes of some sort? Uh, runes all over the doorknob, uh, nothing on the syringe, and the knife is decorative but doesn't have any like thing that would appear to be writing. She it. got a crit. Oh. What? Oh, yes. Is that two sixes? Well, oh, mm, I guess no, huh? Uh, if I it's keep just forgetting one what six, a crit is. Yeah, Sorry. if it's just one six, it's a full success. success. It was it's a full okay. success. Which way hey, uh, I was just trying to see if any of the objects relate to how he has such a long life. Uh, going through and thinking back to anything you've ever heard, uh, even back to maybe like things that you and Raj in better times would discuss, uh, because he's a big old nerd for archaeology. <laughs> None of these objects seem to line up to anything that you've heard or would know are associated with like long life. But I will say that they do feel like the weight of them, even as you inspect them, like they are deeply magical, but maybe not tethered to that and more the like things you can acquire over a very long life. And out of all of the things you could acquire, what are the things that you keep on you? Mm -hmm. I am going to wheel over and see if I recognize any of the markings on either the knob or the familiar looking knife. I'm gonna have you make, uh, go ahead and give me a uh, sense roll if you're trying to use your occult abilities or focus if this is just a sort of like academic study. But I will say as you uh, take this up, you hear a tinkle like of the small bell that signals that the door to the shop is being uh, opened. You sense because it is quicker. Yeah. And I will burn two <laughs> drives. <laughs> Great. Oh dear. It's a six, not on the gilded. Six. You're just trying to get a general sense of what these are, yeah? Yes, yes. Uh, it's easier to start with the one that lines up with a thing you are familiar with. Your knife, for as long as you've had it, has always seemed uh, ornate and beautiful, if mundane. And you kind of feel it, you can see it. The way the blade seems to have the edge that you know, a dagger, and some almost like an after image, like your eye blurring out of focus, a second edge. It's meant to cut into something else, not to harm, but more like a stylus. And you think of uh, old Farron before paper was developed, uh, they would carve sigils and words and tallies and marks into warm wax to keep them. There's something here and around that, but there's nothing in this room here now save for the symbols on that doorknob that you think would interact with the stylus. Second, I'll give you uh, 
the, the syringe that looks like a bleed containment vial becomes quite apparent that in the same way that you have a little vial to grab something, uh, to hold bleed, to protect it from getting out, the addition, this very old technology of the ability to suck something up or out, it gives a sense of uh, the medicine of it all, and you see it. You plunge this needle into you, and when you would incur a bleed, it gets transferred to the vial instead, Ooh. and now you have a loaded vial of bleed you can put somewhere else. This is an old thing you're saying. An old thing. Oh. And perhaps it is the design of that that was taken and changed and turned into what Candela and uh, eons and other esoterica used to contain. But they never quite figured out the trick of pulling bleed and pushing it. Just a fresh bit of antiquity for you, Doctor. And perhaps a wonderful bit of first aid for our doctor here. May I use a focus check to see if on the doorknob I remember any old nursery rhymes, songs, poems, or folklore involving travel or tessering, anything of the sort? Uh, go ahead and give me a focus roll. So if it's gilded, I immediately take a gilded for one of those. Yes, and if you take the gilded result, you get a drive back. If you've used a drive, a drive in the roll. It's a six on the gilded. Nice. Let's Ooh. go! <laughs> Amazing! Uh, yeah, with that, you, you cycle through hundreds of stories and lores and snippets there's lots of stories about ways to travel through the world of uh, knobs and doors that can be opened to move into places between places. But the more you stare at it, the more you focus. Sometimes it's not about travel. Sometimes it's about a place to be and the ornateness of the knob reminds you of some of the expeditions you made, especially when you were a student, uh, going down to the more well-trodden places in Old Fair, uh, the homes and buildings of high officials and arcanists and uh, alchemists and magicians, that they would have a doorknob much like this that would open into private studies and places to hold things and then your mind aligns. Centuries of life, and you only carry three things. What if you weren't only carrying three things? Mm. What if you had everything you ever needed the whole time? Powerful tool. It's at this point that Nakari peeks their head in. It seems that the kid. I asked for one thing. I'm just coiling up the chain and putting it away and just seeing everyone's face and especially Cosmo's, I'm, I just sort of turn away and face the wall, ashamed. 
Our apologies, Nakari. Give me, just in the quietness of that, in the lack of spinning up a story or an excuse, a raw moment and respecting a person's intelligence enough to not try to bullshit them into misinterpreting what is uh, obvious and true. Sway roll. Sway roll. Uh, okay, two and a gilded. I will say, oh, oh. okay. Yes. Uh, I will add on if you want to add on another die. That this is a high stakes roll. Oh. Ah. How this goes will determine the next few minutes. So if you wanted to use a drive, I will allow you to add it now because I didn't quite get that out before you rolled. Mm, I don't need it. I have a six. Okay. Uh, on a non-gilded. Okay. Uh, with a full success, Nakari pauses takes you in and settles something in the back of their mind. They knew what might happen with this group. And again, all of this snaps back to the last great favor they could offer a very old friend. Nakari, please. Yes. Please don't lock no. my no. boy no. away. We found out enough, we yes. will find out more. It's okay, hey. If asked, things happen, and a being like this likely could not be held long by my wards. Strong though they once were. You acted in self-defense, and Unfortunately, he was recovered without anything of consequence on him. And their eyes flash over to the table. You are too kind to me, Nakari. Thank you. I owe you more than I can repay. But with this now being less of a sort of extreme, now that we're disposing a body, I must inform you that something has happened. And I know you all are in the middle of something desperately important to yourselves, but I have an assignment. And they go into uh, an explanation of uh, groundswell and the protests that have been happening because of the surge of Cullet uh, there's been rumors that the groundwater, the water that's being sent there in some of the poorer districts is tainted by something in Westrec. So they want access to clean water and the only clean water in this district is found at the bottom of an ancient well that has stood at the far edge of Calanus Market since Old Fair was above ground and unflooded. This is a great uh, tourist destination and uh, area of note and acclaim for New Fair. And the fact that now it's being used by the public, by a certain kind of public, there are people higher up in this city who do not enjoy 
that the beautiful history of New Fair is being despoiled by such base use as access to clean water. This affliction, what was it again? It's called, uh, conventionally called cullet. And that's the same one, Elsie? Yes. Elsie, in your studies, is there any connection to the onset of the disease with tarnished water? You, in your studies, when you, like, discovered and eventually got sickened by Cullet, it was because you were one of the first people to link it to a, like, poisoned ground. Westrek was the closest the last Great War ever got to the city, and it's where the electric event that ended the war took place you were the one that realized otherware had their own kind of weapons, biological, gases, and whatever they were using in the throes of war sunk into the dirt and made its way down, especially lately now that the Seidel itself, the westernmost portion of this city, has been expanding ever outward in order to sprawl out to accommodate a new and rising middle class, turned earth, reaching groundwater. Why it only hits a certain part of the population. And when it doesn't, when someone of note and of status gets it. If you don't have a better reason for why you got Cullet, you have to explain where you were and how you caught it. There's a lot of bad questions that come with the truth that you discovered. So, you may have kept it to yourself moved on with your research. You knew. But all of that to say, protests have been breaking out now uh, for about a week. People that believe that they should have access to fresh water, that the triumvirate should do more to support all people in the city and the periphery doing what it does best, which is restore order at any cost, instilling a curfew, doing their best of our access. And blood has been spilled over this water. And Nakari tells you that the third periphery officer in as many days has been found on the street, drowned with no other sign of salt damage to their clothing or person every now and then that body has AMC carved into the ground next to it. Any mother's child. Popular slogan uh, used often during uh, peace protests during the last great war. That casualties on both sides. Any mother's child could die. Why not have mercy? What would the mother do? What would she say? And now it is used with derision that if they could die because of the carelessness of their government that should protect them of a religion that does not serve them, then anything that happens to anyone can happen to any mother's child. And do I know that there's a connection between? Does any of this seem familiar to me? Obviously, I've been changed by my research around Cullet. Yeah. Is the method of, of death 
and the strangeness around the death is any of that familiar to me? It's very specifically drowning. And I don't think that rings anything uh, to you specifically. Just drowning in the, in the, in the street though? It's drowning in the street, uh, but no sense of like, there's no proximity to salt water. Right. These people were drowned in their bodies, and that feels so far away from, like, your scope and your beast and the things that have been happening around okay. you that it doesn't ring any bells. <sighs> and anyone in Groundswell that's ever interrogated about it uh, claims to know nothing because they were observing the curfew. Mm. So whatever's happening, the locals, the angry locals, do not care. But it is a phenomenon. So Candela must act. Where is this well? Close book. The Calanus Market sits at the sort of far end of the city, facing out over the harbor. Uh, it's a popular tourist attraction. Like everyone that has spent maybe more than six months, like if you come to visit New Fair, you know that Calanus Market is one of the things to go and see. Uh, this market has existed in some form almost unchanged since Old Fair. It's one of the things that never had to be like uncovered and re-excavated. It simply has existed since then, in use the whole time. And is this the area still over the years where parts of it continue to sink in and reveal more uh, of Old Fair? Other parts of Groundswell specifically, like there's a lot of like tide work that reveals more of Old Fair. Calanus Market has just been this thing that like seemed untouched by the fall of Old Fair writ, writ large, yes. which is why it's so important. And if you're uh, circling around the name Calanus, that is the last emperor of Old Fair. The one who took over after Iamene. Yes. And Usurped he, her, he said, according to Homer. Yeah, yes. said. Yeah, the guy said Calanus dethroned her, right? Mm. And I think for anyone who knows the history of this region, Calanus was in charge when, uh, their alchemic dealings got out of control and caused the vast chasm. Yes. So he was the last emperor of Old Fair. He lasted two years. Yes, he really screwed the pooch. Good <laughs> scene. Well. It's a lot on your plate, but I would ask that in this moment you Set aside temporarily your individual lines of inquiry and get to the source of whatever is causing these deaths in grounds. Of course, Candela circles take care of Candela business. Thank you. I appreciate it. I can only return the favor you have given me today. Obviously, the well deserves researching, but I think our best chance of catching this attack will happen after curfew. Yes. Perhaps we can draw them out. I like it. I mean, I, I don't, but I see the sense. Um, what time is it right now? Uh, I would say, despite the gray skies, like, you have clocks, it's probably two in the afternoon. And where was the last body found? Uh, the last body was found just in a random street. Hmm. Uh, there's lots of patrols that happen uh, because of the curfew. So every night there has been a like periphery beat cop 
discovered somewhere. Just before Nakari leaves, whenever they're on their way out. Yes. Which doesn't have to be now, but Elsie's gonna sidle up to them before they leave. Yeah, I think it's sort of a, like, they've delivered like, the assignment, they've done their lightkeeper duty. You see that they are still very, like, sort of drawn and exhausted by whatever uh, working they did and uh, are happy to escort out the corpse now for whatever disposal is deemed important and you see that they are trying to like scoot off within like 10 minutes of mm -hmm. delivering this. So yeah, you can sidle up by the so, um Yeah, as, as they're leaving or as it seems like they're ready to, yeah. to depart, um, I'm going to approach and say, Dr. Roberts. You said you wouldn't lock him up now, but you will. Mr. Both of us. As soon as Cosmo retires from the field, I'm assuming. How long do we have? I do not endeavor to lie to you. I would doctor. ask that you don't. I do not speak. I would not presume to speak for Candela as a whole. I can only guess as to what their aims are. I do not wish for either of you to be locked away. How long, Nagari? That has everything to do with the two of you. Cosmo, my very good friend, hide himself, bound himself to Candela in order to smooth over a great deal of things that Candela would not otherwise overlook. I do not mean this as a threat or anything snide. I don't believe our organization behaves with ill intent, simply doing what it must. If you or Mr. Grimm proves themselves a threat, then you must be dealt with. Cosmo has avoided retirement, not because, to my understanding, not because he thinks his time in the field is the only thing protecting you from the long arm of our organization's law. He's trying to find answers. Becoming a light keeper means that your time, your focused intention is not your own. I can sit and read books all day long. But there are things I wish to know too. But I will never, ever have the fortitude to return to the field to find answers. The working I did today to compel the unabridged to speak to you has pushed me closer to death than I have ever felt. I do not have much time left. That is the way of light keepers. They're there to usher, to hand off things that uh, our areas of purview find important, but 
If Cosmo were to become a lightkeeper, he couldn't send a circle of his choosing out to find answers for his questions, for your question, for Mr. Graham's question. No. We serve the people that we live among. And that must always be the priority. I do not wish to see you in any way curtailed. I think your work is important. But you know that I am a threat. If it is any consolation, then I know it is not. Most people are threats. And in the same way that you approach any new person, you meet with the hope that they are good and the knowledge that you will do what you must if they prove themselves otherwise, so does Candela treat the two of you and anyone else that they work with, that they come across. So our fate is at your discretion? Your fate is at your discretion. It will just be harder to smudge once Cosmo is no longer in the field. Thank you as ever for your service, Nakari. I fear I have upset you. And you see them compose themselves, themselves away as you walk away. There was great strain and great effort. Maybe they are a little afraid of you, but they're doing their best, not just for their sake, but for yours. And they leave. From what we know, it's affecting the less fortunate. Is that what Nakari said? Uh, that call it is, yes. Yes. So I suppose self soffit would be a good place to start. Oh wait, where's the well again? Uh, the well is in Groundswell, <laughs> where all of these murders are happening. <clears throat> I'm going to assume that it's someone of mm, a more unfortunate part of town is a part of this. South Soffit sounds like that's where they might be. We can f possibly search for some clues there. The inciting incident seems to be the commoners gaining access to the well at Groundswell. And now the murders are happening at Groundswell. But you want to search elsewhere. Was it all the murderers? Are, you said it was at random parts, right? All, they're all within the district of Groundswell. Ah, I see. Yeah. Okay. Then Groundswell it is. I think we're... Mm. Need to while away some time and then choose one of us to be the bait. If you do, you guys even want me to come with you? I'm sorry. I mean, I, I know I fucked that up, but um, I'm sorry. But uh, if you need bait, have any more vendettas? You feel the need to. Resolve? Or will you be able to keep your head? Being questioned about that from you is <laughs> ironic, and I accept it. 
No, I'm happy to make some new vendettas. Miss Glask. Yes? Do you think you could supply us with a periphery officer's uniform? And about Oscar's size? I suppose there's been some pieces of clothing left behind. I'll have to check with my girls. But I think I remember there are some. And from that, you're ready to smash, jump forward in time. You are able, via your girls and your sundry connections throughout Red Lamp, to acquire a periphery uniform, a beat cop, a normal officer, and roughly Oscar's size. And we find you, then, walking the streets. You wait for curfew? kick in? I guess so, yeah. It's 10.30. Mm-hmm. You make your way through the city. You can hear the harbor and the ocean not too far away. Where are the rest of you while the good Mr. Grimm is being baked? Somewhere within viewing mar- distance. A marketplace, right? That's the scene? Mm-hmm. So you can, ha- yeah. You can hang out in the marketplace. It's kind of off and popping in some way, 24 hours. Like there's late night food and stalls and some people still plying wares. Uh, The market never really shuts down. It's part of this like perpetual. It has always been in business since the days of old fair. So you can absolutely blend in. Even with the curfew? Even with the curfew. Mostly because the people that uh, love to attend Calinus Market late at night are not those who have to toil away long hours and get their rest for shifts at factory jobs that drain them. Mm. It's where people come, have a little fun on the other side of town. Eve's people? Eve's people, Silver Slip, The Varnish. Lots of people come here. They bring their friends when they're visiting town. They would not shut down such a lucrative business opportunity. And so, yes, Calinus Market is the exception. But there are uh, some plainclothes periphery officers around the well, just to make sure that no one breaking curfew would dare to come out and seek fresh water. Uh, I'd say I'm at a safe distance away, uh, sitting in the back seat of one of my cars, just watching him with an eye on him. Perhaps. Perfect. Finally, get to use it. I'm going to be sitting at an outside table, drinking wine, acting as if I'm like a fancy gal on on a night out. Nice. Okay. I'll try to find a relatively low rooftop from which I can have oversight. I lift the eye patch that I'm using to avoid unwanted attention, so that hopefully. My compound eye can give me a better view, and upon removing my eye patch, find that my eyelid has fallen off. Nice touch. I think it's right about that time. You feel the dead tissue fall away, and not the like stress of what your eye will do to self-lubricate. As a little, little locus lands. On your eyeball. Gross! <laughs> and even if you had an eyelid to blink, 
you would not. In the same way that you wouldn't freak out if a tendril of your own hair landed in your mouth, your hive is rebuilding and this is of you. So why, why would you worry about it? I subtly open the collar of my shirt and simply whisper, welcome home. <laughs> a happy buzz as it nestles in with the scant dozens rebuilding you from the inside out. Honestly, kind of cute, you know? Weirdly hot. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor, do you mind if I serve as your plus one? Oh, you're more than welcome. Wheel my chair next to the table. Enjoy some wine as well. Just a scoosh. Uh, without a roll, I think you see people that you knew in your earlier life growing up. Families of great stature and good breeding from the eaves and from Briar Green that notice you. They see who you are, your clothing, fine, but you look a little worse for wear. And more importantly, you have a little radioactivity to you socially. And they are quick to let their eyes glide off of you and continue their merriment elsewhere. I think in my uh, free hand, not holding a glass of wine under the table, I um, am clutching a familiar jawbone and waiting for a ping. Can I ask, were we allowed to keep the items on the side table? Yes. Nakari, in like a last little favor, uh, was like, eh? They found it unabridged. Um, he had nothing on him. And then he died. <laughs> Ugh, you hate to see it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> then I got yelled at by a lady that turns into a monster, so I'm kind of having a rough day. <laughs> I'm gonna take a little bubble bath. Uh, so yes. Doorknob, uh, dagger. Doorknob, yeah. Syringe. Doorknob, syringe. dagger, syringe. And I, maybe I would have taken a syringe, presumably? You seem like a syringy type. Seems like a syringy type, yes. sure. Uh, if you don't quite feel, eh, this isn't quite how circle gear works, but uh, I'm happy to live in the space of these live in the common pool. And t unless someone wants something specifically now, uh, they can sort of appear when the the need yeah. arises. Okay. Yeah, just like the rest of the gear. Exactly. Yes. Cool. Exactly. So. I will say that at some point I gave the doorknob to Madame Glask. Mm. These are often used in places of magic, and perhaps her history and intuition could be of some service. I keep it as, uh, for safekeeping since I feel like I'm the furthest distance away and in a car. Oscar, you walk through the streets, oh, a little ways away from Callanus, but you can still hear everything. You feel the like, filter of the light sort of falling on you as you move towards the quiet that's interrupted only by the occasional soft footsteps that you can never quite line a person up to. And the like low, soothing tide moving in and out of groundswell. Is there anything you're doing to I'm, try to, yeah. I'm itching this 
awful costume that I'm wearing. <laughs> yeah. And squirming in it because it's it's my shoulders are very broad. Mm. This yes. is just a little too small. Okay. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna just try to act like a cop. Yeah. So just acting real dumb. Just uh, <laughs> wandering around like an idiot. <laughs> Give me a sway roll with a delightful dance. Madame Glass just whispers to herself, what is wrong with him? <laughs> I bump into something. Uh, five. Makes sense. Oh, it's a disadvantage. Four. Still. Oh, yeah. Still, pretty still a mixed success. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, you are sort of, what, like, weaving around the read on you from anyone that was looking at you, though of course no one is, because who would break curfew, is less of, I'm a big dumb uh, oaf, and more of, is this cop blitzed? Uh, and I think kind of glancing off of like the corner of a building, you kind of lose just a little bit of your vision with this mixed success. You sell, you sell the lie, but you don't quite catch a little girl peeking out down the street at you until you spin back to yourself. She's facing you, maybe 60, 70 feet away. Can I say that maybe we decided that if Madame Glask sees something, she's gonna like pop her headlights a couple of times? Oh, Ooh. I got you, don't worry. Okay, I just I'm wanted to establish. Very, I'm keeping yeah. a very close eye on it. Okay. There's a signal. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I was gonna do. We barely have flashlights. Is there a horn? When was that invented? <laughs> she's, uh, she's keeping a very, very close eye. La honestly, the national anthem of hail. Sorry. We sing it during our baseball games. We do. <laughs> No. I was waiting for the first one. Please, <laughs> I will take a brain mark for that. Uh, go ahead and give me a survey roll. Sure. To see if you can see Ooh, a subtle stuff. child. Mm. There is. Does she get a bonus? Because she's got. The fun I know, right? I don't know. Resistances, you got to What part? of the book says if you got a little prop, you better <laughs> shit. Absolutely not. Go for it. All right, uh, I'm gonna, oh shit, I'm gonna burn two drives then. Okay. Because um, I have nothing in it. I, before you roll, uh, I will say that this, like the expectations for this roll is this is a young child whose home uh, this is and is very good at being not seen. This curfew's been happening for a while. This is not a kid stumbling out. This is a kid trying not to be seen. Mm. So it will take a full success for you to spot this. Wow. So just to like manage your expectations and you can decide how much of your economy you want to play with. Uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna spend both of them. Okay. Yeah. Oh. How'd you do? Hey. Um. How's it going? Crazy, like a one and a three. A one and a three. It's okay. You get to take the higher one. Mm. And it's still a failure. <laughs> Madam Glask is leaning into the front seat from the back seat while 
You're in the back of your Yeah, I'm leaning over. I don't drive myself. <laughs> Sorry, um, that was just for a very, uh, I imagine it's like, that's great. <laughs> but my hand is ready, just on, on the horn. Yeah. Um, while watching him. Great. As this is going down. You stare, and you squint, and you can't shake that idea you're missing something. <sighs> the streets are hard to read. The light is poor. You're too close to things that are well lit, so as things get darker, it's hard. You can't adjust, you're not. You just know that he's a little too far away. And if you catch something, like you, you just might not catch it. I want you to take one brain as you begin to spin up, worried. Because all of a sudden you see Oscar pause. He's too far. Maybe for just a moment. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there is a, at least a moment of uh, change in uh, Vector when you see the little girl and she looks back at you. Did we establish some sort of physicality that you might do if you thought that you were in danger? Seems reasonable, but I, I, you're, you've got eyes on me, I know that. You've got eyes on me, I know that. Do we have eyes from where we are? Uh. I think you are approaching the same kind of problem uh, where you're yeah. in a very well lit area and this is moving to just enough dark that you're uh, having that struggle of like, there's a lot of light and you're looking down to where there's not a lot of light. Right. The only thing I would add is I'm holding my jawbone. Not my jawbone, <laughs> yes. jawbone. Fair. <laughs> yeah. No. I can give you that. You feel that just beginning buzz before it becomes pain. It's just sort of numbing through your fingers that touch the bone. How's that? It's so light. The show's about to begin. I'm gonna get up then and take his handles and start moving casually, but kind of toward where we know Oscar is. I finish my wine really quick. <laughs> Why is my wine stacked for Chug? This is ridiculous. Focus. Uh, I need a survey roll from you with eyes in a different, uh, at a different angle. Uh, two fives and a three. Make success. You see it. Something, someone a little far away. They don't presume to tell you what you think about it. But there is something off-putting about the posture of a child peeking around a corner. But they are breaking curfew. But is the curfew just? And I think you begin to like sit in that a little bit. You can do whatever you do next, but I think the mixed success comes with an alarm at seeing something, and then a mind that very easily sort of dismisses it. Do what you will with that. But it's an easy thing if you're if you search for a reason to not be worried about that, to find a reason to not be worried about that. Mm -hmm. Cosmo, what do you do when you see this little girl? Um, I just say, hey, it's curfew. You should get home. She slides out a little farther. You want a candy? 
Guess that sounds creepy, huh? Forget it. Don't worry about it. Just, <laughs> just go home. Do you actually have a candy? What? But you shouldn't take candy from strangers. Give me a sway roll. How's your sway, bud? My sway is terrible. Okay. Yay! Oh. That's okay, though. Sweet! Oh, I was gonna give you a drive. You're not even near me, right? Oh, I can't. Even if I'm not near him? I gotta be in the same scene. Yeah. Oh, okay, never mind. You're in the you? back of a car. <laughs> a really nice car. Leaning to the front of the car. And I look fabulous doing it. Yeah, fair. Uh, one. Oh, have you ever been Cosmo at this juncture? Oh my uh, God. I think you can be like wheeling yourselves down the street. Yeah, we are now setting up a little bit of like a Western standoff. Sure, sure. Girl far away, a police officer, uh, sort of not fully shouting, but speaking loudly, uh, and a woman and a man sort of moving from the uh, well-tended, safe part of Groundswell to the real part of Groundswell. Can I say that as he's getting further and further, I'm getting more concerned Could I, because I can't see him very well that I decide to leave my car? Is I will that say that, that like, the way this is all, I was just about to come to that. Uh, when you see that you out, like some of your cohort is also getting up and moving, you see the pause. You don't see the girl, but you see all the things around it that would suggest that something has been spotted. Okay. So if you want to. Exit the car also. You try to drive the car closer, but then you realize you don't know how to drive. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately crash. <laughs> I don't know where this is happening relative to my rooftop access. Uh, let's call it a big, beautiful triangle. Child, cop, uh, approaching a pair, and you sort of above splitting the difference with eyes down. I'm going to, under the cover of the roof, light a candle and prepare a vial of oil. Okay. As I'm approaching, can I sort of lean into Cosmo and say, how do you want to play this? Do you want to keep quiet? Do you want to act as if? I just want to be closer in case things go upside down on my father. Um, how are you feeling? Not particularly at ease. Okay, well, maybe that's okay. Maybe not. Just <laughs> guessing that we're not making a distraction. We're just trying to get, we're trying to close distance. We're not trying to let. For now. Okay. Hear cough. And the little girl staring at you. <coughs> 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 you okay? What's wrong with you? She begins panting. You should call your parents or and something. And doubling down. One last question. You were given the uniform of an officer. What shoes are you wearing? I'm not gonna wear somebody else's shoes. They're my shoes. Yeah. She doubles down, seeks to brace herself on the steps of a, a home, a stoop, 
And as she begins to spin up more, she's doubling and hacking. And then you can hear it deep in her chest. Something's being picked up. She pauses mid-hack, looking at your feet. That's not right. Not right. Not right. <sighs> and that is where we're going to take a break. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I told you, we're the shoes. It's There's about, so many of them. It's about to pop off. <laughs> I hope you're wearing what Sam Regler's wearing, which is red Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> she looks at your soul. <laughs> We're breaking the illusion. <laughs> My immersion. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment with Mark Candela. See you soon. Hello again, dear investigators. We hope you are enjoying this supernatural mystery as our circle uncovers the magical foes plaguing the Fairlands. I must briefly interrupt this investigation to enlighten you of a few key details that may shape your future endeavors with Candela Obscura. If you choose to join our secret society, we have a free quick start guide that may serve you well on your own investigations. This resource includes a summary of the illuminated world system being used by our members, a primer to the Fairlands, and an example assignment for your circle. Find everything you may need at DarringtonPress.com slash Candela. And for our members that wish to showcase their commitment to our esoteric order, Candela Obscura merchandise such as fine wares and fateful dice may be purchased through the shop tab on CritRoll.com. Every purchase helps support Candela Obscura and our never-ending cause to protect this realm from what lies beyond the flare. Speaking of which, the Fairlands await. And we return now on a quiet street in Groundswell, a block and a half from the lights and sounds and merriment of Callanus Market, left open to the revelry of the upper class, while the rest, the people here who are suffering under the boot of triumvirate indignation, begin to make their moves, have their thoughts and feelings and uh, resistance be known. To paint a picture of a quiet street, at the far end is a small girl no older than 12 or 13. She's doubled over in pain, coughing, retching. You can hear the sounds of water being pulled deep from her lungs. It sounds sickening, it sounds horrifying. And yet, even in that moment, she's stammering through it, trying to call something back because she noticed something in that last moment doubled over, that the periphery officer that you are pretending to be Oscar Grimm, the illusion was not quite complete because the shoes, the boots are important, hard, heavy boots that always sell the point. You hear a periphery officer coming and the people here that have to wade through rising and ebbing tides all the time have soft, waterproof shoes. She could tell the difference and she knew in that moment that somehow, for whatever reason, you were different. She wants to know more, she wants to call it back, but she doesn't know if she can. High on a roof a little farther back, 
we have Dr. Rajan. You are eyes down, observing all of this, candle out, oil out, preparing some working, yet unknown to us. Farther still, back down on the street, uh, we have our other doctor, Roberts, pushing our dear, dear Cosmo uh, up the street, engaging with and just sort of coming into view with everything that's uh, breaking forward. And then just behind that, bringing up the rear, having missed something before, but catching up rapidly now. We have you, Madame Glask. All of our players are in place and now in a, gro a moment of great strain. We resume as she tries desperately to pull herself together. <coughs> what are you? What are you? What do you mean? I'm, I'm an officer of the law and you should, are you, are you all right? Come here, let, let me see you. And you hear the first loud splatter of water. It sounds like it's a pitcher being spilled out. It's too much all at once as she gives herself over to it as you have told her one more time who you are and caught in the throes of whatever phenomenon holds her, she submits to it and lets forth her monster. More water pours from her mouth. You all see it now. You hear the splashing, you see the rivulets coming through the cobblestone, and the entire city of New Fair exists at a bit of a slant. Another legacy of the destruction of Old Fair, the creation of the vast chasm, the cataclysm that killed the empire that sat here before, but the ocean is behind her, so the tilt would suggest that the water should run under her feet and away, but no, it's coming for you. Slowly but surely, whatever it is, whatever she is or has or does, is coming for you. I need you to take a point of bleed, and I want you to tell me what it feels like when Oscar is in the presence of strong, irrefutable bleed. Uh, it's, two, it's two feelings at the same time. There's a sense of uh, when, the, when the bleed hits me, uh, all of my scars, scrapes, um, imperfections, they just feel better. Mm. Everything feels just a little bit more vital, more healthy. It feels good. It feels really good, and that causes me great shame. Yeah. And I think you feel that wash, that flow of relaxation, of uh, endorphins, of dopamine, as all of you comes into the alignment in the face of something wrong. I want to intervene. Upon seeing this, I want to use my prestige. Tell me more. Madame Glass runs up to see Oscar. Uh, is, is the water hitting him already? It is clearly affecting No, at this point, you've not moved. Mm -hmm. I don't, I still don't really know what's going on. I mean, yeah. 
I, it just, it seems weird. Yeah, all you see is a girl retching and uh, the water coming from her stomach and lungs is just flowing a little against expectations of physics towards Oscar. Uh, Madame Glass is very familiar uh, with what she's seeing, so she runs up next to Oscar, reaches into her coat, um, and starts rubbing the stone that she has in her coat. Uh, and she uh, she holds out her hand, and starts gripping in the air. Uh, a mist feel, fills the air and everything is unusually silent suddenly. Um, as her fist closes tighter, her eyes flick to the back of her head. I want to use my prestige to control the water that's coming out of her. You reach forward. You jerking thing. Yeah. <laughs> I need you to begin. You're gonna roll sense. Mm. That's how we start. I might be screwed. Oh, no. Sure. Because I used my two tribes earlier and I only have one incense. Uh, here so, here we go to the sea gods. Hey. Hey. Hey, hey girl. girl. How you doing? <laughs> I'm actually doing really well, thank you. Awesome. <laughs> Wish I could relate. Um, I'm so sorry. Tell me more. That's a three. Now, in this system, we normally treat a result of a one to a three as a miss. And this moment will be no fucking different. We're gonna take a bleed for entering into proximity to this in the same way that Oscar took a bleed being in proximity to a great phenomenon. You feel it wash over you. And even though you recognize it, even though it resonates, you feel like your ear is up to a shell. You hear the ocean more loudly and clearly than if you were standing beside the sea. And you reach out to grab that water, to call it, to heal, but it's not yours. This one, specifically, is not yours. You will take another bleed for attempting to interact with a phenomenon using a parlor trick. With that deafening sound on her ear, she just covers both up and kind of crumples into herself. Uh, next to Oscar. Yeah. I try to catch her as she falls and now I'm sort of distracted between the water and Madame Glask. The water continues to move slowly, just creeping towards you as this girl continues to vomit out more and more, and she's coughing and hacking, and the stench of brine is overwhelming. Do we see this at this point? Absolutely. May I use occult researcher to take a brain and ask uh, Abria for an important occult detail that I would recognize from my studies? Yes, please do. You take a brain mark as you strain to understand. And I think this lands in inside of 
less of anything you researched, but in your time in Candela, you've gone on missions with Oscar and Cosmo. You've seen things. There are lots of different phenomenon, different phenomena types in the world. Some are things that have transformed someone, or they are things that have been called into this world through a thinning or created as successful or terrible deviations of magic beyond the ken of the caster. This feels a little different. It feels in harmony in a way that I think you are just starting to understand now, given your recent uh, interactions with your own beast. Like, I'm, I'm detecting that there is a symbiotic relationship between yes. this girl and whatever else. You know very specifically and very overtly, you are looking at a human girl who has a phenomenon uh, that she is expressing right now that is tremendously powerful, that is like giving off terrible amounts of uh, bleed around as it happens. And yet what is happening is not an aberration. This is exactly what it was supposed to be. This is synergy, this is cooperation. So it seems like the one needs the other. Yes. Okay. Um needs might be a little strong, but they are working together. Okay. Is there anything else you would like? Is there any like specific like edge to your inquiry? Because I want to be sure that I'm answering the thing that uh, Elsie would be asking. I basically, because I could see that the water is going the wrong way. Yes. Right. I can see that this is, and I can see that Madame Glask is reacting and, and and yes. I'm sure the jawbone is going nuts. So yes. I'm I'm just sort of trying to to suss out if if the girl is interrupted. Sorry for the reference, <laughs> unintentional. Uh, if if I interrupt her, if someone interrupts her, if whatever the phenomenon is will stop. That's mm -hmm. what I'm trying to determine. You should tackle her. If I can determine that. Mm -hmm. I think you. Yes. You, you know that this is like something being spun up by her action, so interrupting the action will interrupt like the expression. Absolutely. Okay. The last thing I'll add, just as a little Benny, uh, is that there's something very specific about the like slow creep of this and the fact that like no one's done anything yet. Like you heard a bit of that yelled conversation because it happened with them being far enough apart that like other people could hear it too that she like tried to call something, she called something out, began to try to call something back. Oscar's words uh, sort of finished her resolve, but nothing has popped off in a way yet. So this creep gives you all of the like slow, careful consideration of an apex predator trying to figure out when the prey will bolt. Cosmo. As we get closer, uh, Cosmo. <laughs> I was like, where did he go? Who are you? Who are you? I don't like it. Why are you back? You uh, sound exactly like TT, RPG star, William O'Brien. That hack, okay. Um, I use speak their language. I begin to intone 
ancient Farron syllables, and you hear slight reverberation in your ears with every word spoken, and in that ancient language that I have spent my lifetime learning a piece of, I say, wait, who are you? What would you hear? I jumped to that, but you mentioned getting a little closer. So I do just want to ask uh, for tactics and uh, consequences sake. How close did you come to Glask and Oscar? Uh, 20 feet is what I was thinking. Not like in the mix, but within yeah. eyesight and shouting, shouting distance. Okay. Um, give one of you. Doesn't matter who. Give me a sense roll. Oh, let me do it. Understanding oh, that the like the, the stakes of this, regular stakes, but a failure will, uh, you'll be in range. I'm burning a drive. Okay. Gilded do you feel roll. good enough like that, or do you want another one? I'm feeling good. Okay, great. Oh, it's shit. Oh, <laughs> the wine came really? in. Yes. Shouldn't have chucked that Do you get wine. your drive back if you use the Gilded Die? Uh, yes. Okay. Oh. Oh. Drive back. Both of you are going to take a bleed. Oh. Okay. All right, that's fine. Okay. Four of the five of you are in range. That's fine, that's fine. And with every syllable you speak, you see the water on the ground, every part of it as though there is no central place from where the ripple would form from, but all of it is the epicenter. Down this long street reverberates with every syllable. And I think you realize before you even get a response that the thing that you're talking to in this moment is not the little girl, but the thing coming out of it. I am so old, older than I shouldn't be alive anymore. I think that my proximity to what happened long ago on that vessel has stretched me out longer, and when I come in contact with this bleed, I can feel it arching across my weathered, thinned-out skull, creeping from the front to the back. Yeah. Just a little flavor. I like, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but if I could give you, you info, I absolutely would. Um, uh, does, the, does it respond to him? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so what you hear after the like ripples of your voice is something, and I'll give it to everyone because you're all in range, you're all taking this damage, so you're all a part of uh, the epicenter of this. As a low voice, it sounds like crashing waves and a stone scraping against salt responds. My name is Arterax. And I I've been charged to serve the child. Who are you? We all hear that voice, but only he can understand it? Or we all sort of You all hear it and understand it. Mm. And I think it's just sort of a like, it's not quite telepathically, but you hear it in your ears and you feel like the blood and water inside you, like 
tremoring with it. I reply in the same ancient language. Tide and bone. Keepers of the light. You were known to me in my time. Yeah. What do you want? I must protect the girl. And she deems that one. And here you see the water like shoots forward a half a foot. He's not who you think. Okay. He's not a threat. And in this, you feel the pause, and this girl heaving water is able to catch herself for just a second. He is with Eric. He's a problem. He's not. <coughs> Let him say it. Prove it. And she begins to spew more water out. And now this thing begins to retreat back a little at a time, not to flee, but to coalesce into a puddle. If I represent something that you don't like, believe me, it's just an act. I, I don't like them either. And at this, girl sort of sputters out. There's enough water here called down and collected. And the puddle resolves into a large, tall humanoid figure. Those of you with any sort of curiosity about the mythology and history of Old Fair recognize the sort of array of like spikes and feathers that look like a helm of the like ancient centuries of old fair the figure stands at attention and waits and the girl eventually pushes herself up to standing <sighs> <coughs> Why, why would you, why would you come here and pretend to be one of them? Why? To talk to you. What? Doesn't make any sense. Are you okay? No, 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 of course not. What's going on? My brother is dead, they're attacking us, we can't. No, no, I'm not all right. Who are you? We want to help, but you have to tell us what's going on. I don't have to tell you anything. Is this the girl's You're Yes. Okay. <clears throat> You're in my home, and I'm the only one that can protect it. And I will, because I don't know you. <laughs> you look like... You look like an officer, and you look like one I'm of like them, you. and none of them care. Little one, look They'll at me. Let us... I'm like you. 
I have something in me, like you do. You made a deal too. I don't know. Is that what you did? Yeah. Who did you make a deal with? Standing. I was standing on the shore a couple days ago. Um, my brother. My brother died. They killed him at the well for disrupting the peace. Oh, God. And you see, she staggers back and kind of falls onto the ground, uh, more dizzy and faint and a little overwhelmed than anything else. It's okay. Just take, take slower breaths. You're okay. Okay, okay. You're okay. Who was at the shore? I asked for a miracle. Something answered. It asked me what I wanted. I said, it asked for a price. What was the price? I offered anything myself. I don't know. A loved one. Madame Gloss says sternly to her, a loved one is what you offered. It's not what I offered. But it's what it does. said it couldn't be me, but it said, any it kept saying, any mother's child, and then a mother, and then it said that the price was paid. My brother was at the well because my mom has been dying of colic for years, years. I don't know if it killed her or if she was just going. Going? Did she die going? in the last few days? She was dead when I got home. She was dead when I got home and then I had this. And she gestures at the figure in front of her. I don't have any. Is the, um, is the water figure doing anything, watching us? Does it have eyes? There are no eyes, and there's no, like, firmness to the figure, just the rough shape, like a shadow made of water. And it holds. You reached your hand out toward her, and you felt its attention shift slightly. But unless you move, uh, it will simply hold position interposing itself. Interposing, like it's between us and the girl? Yes. Oh. She was behind it because vomited the water out, the water flowed forward. Got it. And then it formed and resolved in front of her. So she's sitting on the ground. And if I take a step forward. It will match you. Oh. Okay, got it. That water figure, was that Arterex? Yeah. So it does speak. Yes, but very specifically as a like interaction of uh, the casting that Cosmo did. I want to know what you're doing up on the roof. I don't know if I'm in range and therefore able to hear everything that has transpired. I think you are. 
because of the gap that the girl has left, that the water sentry has enforced, there's still a bit of yelling. I think you're having trouble making her out, but you hear your circle and you feel the words of the sentry. What are you doing with your oil and your candle? As I tear a piece of my cravat and wrap it around the oil flask. I put my hand to the claw embedded in my body and look to see if I can tell where a master begins and drone ends, if they are actually linked or if there is one that serves the other. Give me a a sense roll. Of course. <laughs> oh, just no one got good sand. That's so interesting in a game about speed stuff. <laughs> so, if it's a sense roll and I have nothing in it, but I had a drive, then you're rolling one die. One, one die. Let's try to roll. Five. Okay. Make success. Take a bleed. Okay. You understand with perfect clarity as someone who has both known the dynamic of master and servant from both sides and then found synergy. Whatever you and your hive now are, they are in unison. It's very clear, the tether. She has called this thing, she's paid a price. And this sentry, this thing, this piece of breath found form in deep briny water serves at her command. And if this is the thing that has killed those officers, then it was doing so at her express order. Are you alone? There's no one. There's no one else. They're gone. Would you like a soft bed and a safe place. You have described before the importance of your dress, that you still hold yourself in the trappings of your old life. You look like a doctor, yes, but a woman of the eaves of the nicer parts of the city. You can make a sway roll, but know that the expectation here is that it will take tremendous, it will take a full success to begin to convince her against everything she's seen and experienced. The callousness from people dressed like you, and you, and you. It's a lot to overcome, even in an act of kindness. I'm going to take off my coat Mm. and lay it down, basically as an offering if she wants to take it. I'm going to spend both of my drives. Oh, boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And see what happens. Uh... 
I got a mixed success. And this group that, again, it's confusing. You wrap yourselves in these glamours, you lie. God, she's been around so many people that lie. You've made no move to harm her. So she doesn't take the coat. She doesn't move further. But you also don't see her back away or shut down call the century forth or back to her. She is listening, but she is not convinced. There's something about a person who has lived a harsh life that knows better than to give away what little power she has wrested from a cruel world in a moment of kindness that she cannot say is genuine or will continue. Glass kneels down next to the child. If you move forward, ah, the sentry okay. will interpose itself and try to stop. Her. Right, okay. Uh, Glass speaks to the child. And, yeah. Um, Do you want to step forward? Like, it's not going to bum rush you and try to hit you, but like, if your instinct is to move forward, just know that like, at the first step, this thing is like sure. sliding with the same like bearing to interpose. I take one step forward cautiously, keeping an eye on that watery figure. Uh, and I look at the child and I say, as a worshiper, I know what the sea beckons and pulls out the sea glass, er, glass that she has in her hand and shows it to the watery figure. I understand, child. You can trust me. Although I look like them, I come from your roots. Have no fear. What do you mean, worshiper, worshiper of what? The gods that gave you this power. God, a god did this. Yes. They took away everything and gave you something in return, yes? As they did for me. Trust me, child. I don't know, I don't know what I need to deal with. I don't know what I've done, I don't know. I was raised in the ascendancy. Mother, father, child, I don't, I don't know other gods. Can I slowly reach out to her to take her hand? Make a sway roll. Yeah. Maybe a drive. Yeah, let's go crazy. Oof. <laughs> How you doing? Hey, baby. Hey, you drive back. Yeah, you get the drive back. At least. Get the hey, you get the drive back. back. <laughs> hey, that's awesome. I love that. Was it I, a mixed success, Crit? I really what love would you? new dice. Okay, that's so interesting. Um, so maybe I wasn't that great of a worshiper. It's a three, three ones and a three. Dolly. You reach wait, forward. Wait. Crap, no resistance. I, 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 do you want to burn your resistance yeah. to try again? Yes. That's exactly what this is for. Yeah, I, I do want to use a resistance. Okay, then. you can't re-roll the drive that you spent, but all the other dice, 
you re-roll like you re-roll the base stat. So re-roll Jeez. your sweat. And oh, the base stats. No yeah, gilded? you don't get you don't get the dry. Okay. Like, yeah. Come on, little one. A four. We move <laughs> from a miss to success, mixed though it may be. And I think in that mixed success, it is the understanding. You know more diff, like more specifically than anyone else here, who this little girl is. And even if you don't, even if she doesn't know the gods of your home, she's treated in the same way that you did. She's the same age you were when you shouted your rage and indignation at being abandoned in this new world alone. Your family did not make the crossing with you. Your ship was lost at sea and somehow you wound up here. You had to make a life for yourself. You hid from the waves and the gods of your home until one day you found yourself standing at a shore. You screamed and wept tears as salty as the ocean itself pleaded for something, a way to make it in the world, and something spoke back. Offered you a desire. Said that the price had been paid, a mother claimed by dark water. And what is worth that price? You tell me. It is a heavy price. And I am a fair thing. We wished for safe passage. And riches and wealth in this new world. For us, not for me. And that was the price? I cannot speak to the deal unstruck. But what you ask of me now, I will grant the price has been paid. What do you want? And this thing reaches into you, sees your heart, the stormy sea that is your spirit and speaks your name, Cordelia. What do you want? If it is in my power to give it, I will. You are not forgotten, and the gods they worship there are not the only ones that walk this world. I want them back. I cannot give them. Then if I can't have them... Give me what they wanted when they chose to come to this new world. That is within my power and purview. You are not forgotten here in a strange land, sweet child. 
will not be easy. But it will be. And you feel like the tide ebbing away from you. Your connection to whatever this was, the gods of this world, the demons of Candela, something in between or something more recedes from you. And a few years later, we see you, Madame Glask, walking through this world without the fear and starvation, without the suffering. You have a place and a way for yourself and you will never be hungry or scared like that again. You have your girls, the people that you have found that were like you on the streets and you found a way for them to take care of them, to protect them, for them to make a way in this world for themselves. And then you come back to yourself in this moment with this girl who's at the beginning of a path that you have lived for the last three decades. And in this moment, she is your girl too. She's not different than you. She is scared and alone. I hold her hand gently and tell her, do not go back, do not go down this path, child. It is lonely, and I know you want to hurt those who have taken from you, but it will never give you a home. As the final part of that mixed success, as you reach out and reach her, and she accepts your grip, the standing orders of this century hold, protect the girl. She's vulnerable. She's weak. And you will take a point of, no, you will take two points of body as this thing pushes through you, water formed hard like a dagger, slicing through your forearm, reaching out to make connection with this girl. You feel the blade of it slide between the bones, cutting cleanly so precisely, but you control water too. This is not unknown to you, and it burns, but it does not deter you. And this little girl who sees what you have risked, sees the blade through you, salty water on one end and bright red with your lifeblood on the other side. And she grabs your hand and then your elbow, and she wraps herself around you. Because maybe you understand. I take her into my cloak and I wrap her close. She sobs. Tears as salty as the ocean itself into your beautiful beaded gown. And the sentry withdraws its blade and holds. What do the rest of you do? Seeing blood, it's real blood that we can see, right? Real blood, and when it withdraws the blade, she is bleeding down her forearm. I'm wrapping my uh, hand around my chain and just getting it ready, but kind of looking to Madame Glask for if, if she's okay, uh, I guess. I look at Oscar and I 
kind of just, shh, it's fine. And she knows that she's bleeding, but to not disturb the girl wrapped in her arms, it's okay. You hear her mutter into your sequins and beading. It shifts and uh, tinkles. And you just hear her sob. Beautiful girl. I run my fingers through her hair. Being of water is doing what now? Uh, standing at attention, but has opened its posture up so that it's no longer uh, between you and the two of them. I'm gonna get Oscar up slowly and cautiously. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I, I, I look, I give you all a knowing look, uh, and I let you know it's, it's safe. It's okay now. I have her. Um, I'm assuming so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to ask her, uh, if she knows anything about the or where, or where we can find the source of the, uh, the, the, the poisoned water. She sobs and tries to like pull herself together, kind of moves away from you uh, and realizing uh, that none of her sort of like close fit uh, jumpsuit is good for daubing a nose that's absolutely shooting boogers. Uh, <laughs> she wipes her hand. My, yeah, she it's accepts okay. it uh, gratefully. <laughs> uh, I, they, they say that west, west rack, west of the city, the ground is bad. They keep building new things and it poison water but we're the only ones it touched our water I don't I don't know what that means but it only runs to us and south of it so we're the only ones that get sick and they don't care we could have gone to the well until they figured something out but they'd rather protect history and people. And then they put in a curfew. And, and I know other people are hurting and I'm the only one that has that. I won't kill them. I won't stop. This isn't the way. I won't save it. I won't bring... I won't bring them back. I'm sorry. I know. I'm not naive. I know. It doesn't matter. You can't get back the things you lose. But you can make them pay for taking it. She looks around at the comfort in your eyes and the concern in yours and the fatherly understanding and then she lights on yours. I know what you mean. It does feel good. She sees a thing in you. And it steals her in a way that compassion can't always. 
maybe for now, you can let us get you some revenge. And you can just take a break and rest. you know, split these two apart, or someone who can? I think you definitely draw it back to have this conversation. <laughs> it, it's still just hovering? Yeah, it's just standing at attention. But now there's no like sense of like, it's not tracking your movements and the like minute changes in your physicality in the way it was before when it seemed uh, so on alert, but it still remains at the ready. Is there some candela bigwigs that know how to do this stuff, or a, like a big towel or something that we can <laughs> soak it up with, or? And a, a bleed containment vial is just for like trace amounts, right? To bring a little bit home? Usually, but if you haven't told me what your bleed containment vial is, then a bleed containment unit can be whatever you decide in this moment. Mine is a gigantic 40-gallon <laughs> tank. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, okay. You just have like three sparklets uh -huh. containers ready to go. But truly, if there's something that doesn't care about volume, that simply seeks to like soak up as much of like one thing as possible, that is absolutely, absolutely within the realm of like what can be done. Can we ask her to maybe absorb it back into her? She can control you can ask, us. You can just ask her. You don't have to ask me to do that. Yeah, but she, it, but she can control it without her. I might, I might like, well, I, so I don't know if what is happening with her is like what happens with me. Hmm. But I don't know how either of them would fare at this point if they were separated. Mm -hmm. uh. I don't think we can, not the, the gods that I know. If we tried, it would just get worse. Well, then what do we do? I mean, God, I wish the, I wish the fancy lad were down here to consult. He just fancy. pissed off somewhere else. <laughs> hey, fancy lad. The threat to the individual seems to have abated and the circle seems secure. I put the vial down and I blow out the candle. Perhaps we're trying to treat the symptom without treating the cause. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> Jesus. Truly out of shadow. <laughs> I knew. When I was researching Cullet, I knew where it came from. And I... My wealthy clients didn't want people to know. And I didn't say anything. I, uh, I kind of turned Mina away so she doesn't hear this. But I do look at Elsie again. 
secrets. You're a better woman than me. I should have said something sooner, Elsie. Yeah, I should have. I'm going to wheel a little closer to the being and begin to speak in ancient Farin again. This is not your when. This is not your where. Will you part with this child? If I am released, I will go and resume my wandering. But only if she decrees it. I look at Mina and I say, Mina, let us do this the right way. So you don't have, you're just a child. Let the sea reclaim him. And put trust in us. We'll find a way. She sort of nods. She looks across all of you, so kind. At you, the one that understands differently. And you, as you approach, so fancy. You are nice. You understand. You said you worship the same God. Yes. Did you make a deal? Yes. What did you ask for? Wealth and riches in a new world. Would you give it back? I didn't give, child. I was taken. My mother and my father. I lost my mother and my brother. Then you understand. A steep price. Yes. You didn't give yours back. You didn't give yours back. Why do I have to give mine back? I already paid for it. I lost everything for it, and you, you want me to what? Be powerless again. I don't use my power to hurt, child. I use my power to protect my people. If you want to protect them, you find a way to help them, to cure them. I have! What have you done? You don't have to give it back. I won't. I won't. But let us help you. What do you mean by help? Let us keep you safe. Help us understand. We won't take it away.
if if you try to part it from me I will drown you we promise you we won't we won't I do not know you I have had so many promises broken already. I trust you for now. But if you abandon me, if you take me away and leave my people, the people here to suffer, like everyone else dies. I will kill you. Then how about I make another deal then? You don't have anything else to give. My life. It doesn't want our lives. I offered that first. So we're just gonna have to trust each other. And Mina will very specifically push herself up to standing, and she holds herself so tightly. And she unsummons the water. It splashes, the massive pile on the ground still mingled with a bit of your blood. And it runs away back down towards the sea. And she stands. I'm going to pick up my coat one more time and offer it to her. And I think even in uh, that gesture, you can see the difference in size between you. That like here, without that protector, without the magic, the bond, the curse, the deal she made, she's so small. But warmer now, because of you. There are different ways to protect your people. And if you can't have the vengeance that you so desire, perhaps we can find a way to get fresh water to those in need. This well is not the only source. Briar Green has it for sure. If necessary, I'll fill tankers and send it to those you care about. I can't help everyone, but it's certainly a start. Okay. Okay. Can we take her back to the chapter house? Would she even go? I know. I have a home here. But there's no one there. Yeah. With you is fine. I, uh, I can put her in my car. Okay. Yeah. How small is she? Uh, she is. She's a twelve-year-old, so she's right around oh, like four. I would say like four nine or four ten, mm. but very like scrawny. The like 
being stretched out by puberty before everything else hits, like beginning in the growth spurts has not eaten enough to like even begin to fill out. So gangly, gangly preteen. Um, I have been allowing everyone to do such an excellent job uh, de-escalating the situation, but I also want to know if she's fucking us. So can I (laughs) give her the eagle eye? Yeah. All right. You tell me what you're rolling. I'm roll roll a read. I'm trying to read. Yeah. To see if any one of us is going to get a mouthful of water. (laughs) And I will say that, like, she's trying to play it very close to the best, but you've been watching her this whole time, so... Uh, the stakes of this are pretty low. You're gonna, you're gonna get a lot of good information. Come on. No, but I'll take the gilded uh, two to get a drive back. The thing you know is that you understand, like you're looking for a way for sure, like, she is lying and will do something drastic. Or for sure, she is reaching out for someone or something to trust, and you get neither. She is true to her word. She will trust for now because she has no other choice. But because of the nature of her power, the trust comes from knowing that if worse, worse comes to worst, she will drown you. She will kill you with all the surety of someone who has killed before and understood what she did and will do it again. Well, the good news is, child, it, this is a group of cracked vessels. So you may just fit right in. We headed back to the back to the spot. Is there anything? Yeah. Is there anything else you want to? We do that, or do you want to go to the well? Well, we gotta take her back. And I think the chance of encountering actual guards who give us pushback is not what Mina needs at this moment. Mm. I think we should just go back to the antiquarian. I will say, just as like a little mental image for the group of you, that like yes, this is a little girl breaking curfew. But all of you, all of you look like it is fine for you to be out at night and you are escorting a child who may look like a little ragamuffin, but like no one's going to ask you questions or stop you. Mm-hmm. She so. has your nice coat on. There is no rush to like whisk her off. She's fine because she's with you. She might be useful. But you can do what you want. I don't, I, I don't know. What, what's our next play? We we got. What's we we can take her back and put her away and then go off to West Rec. Yeah, let's just review. Yeah. Right. There was the well here. Yes. That is all the clean water, which was what set this girl off on her journey with her friend. Yeah. And West Rec, which is really on the outside of town. Yeah, you literally, like, you are on, like, one side of, you're, like, on the far side of the sidle, like, 
towards the city center to the east. And then on the other side of the district that you all call home is Westrec, the edge of the city, this like blasted landscape. It's now maybe 11 p.m. Uh, what you know about the well before and without having to go to it is that like it is sort of a surprising source of clean water and the well is incredibly deep and has been in use since uh, the time of Old Bear. So it's touching an incredibly deep water source and uh, things have been built up to like, you can draw water up and out, but every time they build a structure around it, usually uh, like historical societies will come and break it down to like put something like a little, little gazebo around it or treat it like a historical site instead of an actual uh, functional part of the city. But whatever you want to do, you have de-escalated the situation and she is well in hand. Finding a murderer. Mm -hmm. We found, found her. I think maybe we should go back and regroup. Sure. Get her to bed. She seems like she needs a good night's rest. Sure. She's powerful and unpredictable. I think perhaps the Lightkeeper would have access to resources that we don't have. Right. I don't know if she would trust the Lightkeeper. Mm. She barely trusts us. Well, right now she just needs a place to sleep yeah. and rest. And we can give her that easily. So, I'll fire up the car. <laughs> we will pile in and drive to the antiquarian. Yeah. Why not? Everyone pile in. I'll drive you, Your Highness. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. I yeah, know, because you don't have a license. This is also true. <laughs> it's for poor people. <laughs> you get in the car. Mina, at this point, like, still wary, uh, complies and is happy to be swept along, uh, I think across a not too long drive, she begins to, like, forget a little of her wariness, and at some point, I think she is, uh, looking out of the window over your lap, Cosmo, and just, like, leans more and more. I think it like gets elbows up on the window and it's kind of just watching the streets go by. She's never been in a car before. <laughs> She's enjoying her time. And eventually you make your way back to the antiquarian. You know, on the on the drive, just a little touch. As she leans past, I watch her gazing out for a bit. I look at my father. Over at Miss Glask riding shotgun. say anything. I'm just feeling my age. And marveling at all the things I've seen in my life, including today. That's it. <laughs> your revelry, uh, your reverie brings you across a lot of thoughts and recollections. And I think there is one last little touch, remembering the name of this bookshop before you purchased it and made it the antiquarian. It was called Any Mother's Child. 
phrase taken from ascendancy scripture that speaks to the mercy that is expected to be shown to any other person that you meet. Because who are they? If not another precious child of the mother goddess. And so much of that meaning has fallen away now. And it's been taken up in slogans and used in acts of defiance and peace. And you lose yourself in your musings. Because again, who other than you and your father would remember a phrase that's meant so many things for so long? And you make it back to the bookshop. She's fallen asleep, because uh, her face like smushed against the glass. <laughs> exhausted. What are your plans with her? What do you want to do? You come up to the antiquarian, uh, Eloise and uh, your sweet puppy are sort of waiting for you by the door to let you in, usher you back, offer you tea and refreshments. Eloise looks deeply confused to where you acquired a child from. skirted the line with the members of this very circle, uh, I propose we just give her a few days, keep an eye on her, and then probably discuss with Nakari what would be best. Yeah. I think, yeah, maybe we can put her to bed. And then there's a moment where I catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror with all of these outdated fineries I've tried so hard to maintain. And they feel tight and wrong. And I'm going to give myself a token. Yeah. Um, because at this point, Elsie doesn't know what the fuck she's been doing. The choice to be so selective about her research around this disease and who it's impacting and how it's impacting them. And her choice to keep it secret, to serve wealthy and auspicious masters has finally come into clear focus, the human cost. I like that you gave yourself a token, I appreciate that. <laughs> I do think moments of tremendous self-reflection and realization and growth, they don't always come with a breath of fresh air and uh, the euphoria of 
phenomenal realization, sometimes they come at the blade of a knife of realization of who you were and how much it stings to know the ways in which you have failed the version of yourself you wish to be. I think, Dr. Roberts, you have worked and worried that your experimentation turned you into a monster. And I think the realization that maybe a part of you was monstrous far before the beast ever became a part of you is there. So I want you to take a brain. A brain? Yeah. And know that sometimes growth comes through stress. But you see it and you realize it. But that's good. Sometimes the only way out is through. I think with that, yeah? Right, before you, I don't know if you're wrapping no, up. No, go ahead. But I was just, if, if we're wrapping up the evening and all sort of laying down to rest, I was just gonna knock on Cosmo's door uh, real quick yeah. before I go back to the glass cat and um, and just have a quick moment with him. Yeah, please go for it. You're good. Uh, Cosmo, I, it's a weird day. Um, I feel like we got some sort of closure, but I kind of blew it like I always do. And I don't know, would it be very strange if I were to tuck you in? You can help me, yes. I can do it on my own, but it, it's easier with some help, yes. I'll help him into his pajamas and get his, his bed the way he likes it and shove a pillow behind his back and another one in his front. And Would you scoop up Godot and put him by my feet? Of course. Thank you. I'll do so. And I'll just wait till I'll turn out the lights and just wait till I hear him snoring and maybe just sit there a while and listen and put a hard candy on the side table next to his bed. Oscar. I'm very tired. I know. I wish I were too. Sitting in the quiet and in the dark next to the one thing you still have left feels enough like that place you go when you go. You take a brain mark. Because I think you have the shape of it now every time you die. You go somewhere, you accept 
that something must be given, a part of a bargain you didn't make, and you've heard a lot of that tonight. And maybe for the first time in waking memory, you have a sense of that space, of the things you've traded away, and the thing that you still have left. That's all. You go back to the glass cat? Yeah. Oh. With you, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't drive, Oscar. Um, oh, yeah. I drove over there, drove back, <laughs> talked to you, man, drove back. <laughs> you think gas yeah. is free around here? Uh, Cordelia has been uh, sitting next to Mina watching her sleep. This is the first time she's ever had such a strong connection to anyone since she's left her home. Uh, this really is her all over again, and it breaks her heart to see this poor child going down the same path as she did. Um, and it's, it's an odd sense of family, connection, a home, perhaps. Um, And she feels it in her soul that she will do everything she possibly can to help this child. In, because in a way, it's helping herself too. Yeah. And she, I think she tries to stay for as long as she can, almost not wanting to go back to the glass cat, but. Eventually you have to go back. I think there is another realization inside of that. That you have to acknowledge that she is firm in her purpose. That if you are to claim her as family, it comes with more than just the joy of connection. It comes with duty and responsibility and expectation and having to accept someone when they make you proud, when they disappoint you, you don't know her. You don't know if she's going to disappoint you. If that's a risk you want to take. If anyone was primed in this circle to take it, it is you. I think that is the energy you leave with when you go back to the glass cat. I get back to the glass cat. <laughs> yeah. Realize she's not in the car. Yes. Go back. I'm standing outside. Sorry, sorry. What are you for? There's lots of emotions. <laughs> go back again. Does Raj want an ending scene? Do you want to write this? <laughs> <laughs> A success without any bloodshed.
What do you think they'll do with her? Do you think they'll actually try to fix her? To keep her safe? Seems like a loaded question, Raj. What do you want to say to me? I just wonder if we're actually doing the right thing. For her? Or for any of us? We're all monsters here, it appears. Candela's modus operandi seems to be containing neutralizing and we refuse to be contained so they only have one other option is that what you mean I just hope that Mina has the happy ending we're hoping for What kind of ending are you looking for? We're not concerned with the ending. More the journey. Please take point of uh, your beast pool. Does that creep me the fuck out? <laughs> Good night, Elsie. You move out into the night. An interesting win for the circle of tide and bone. But tomorrow's always a new day. But it could be a brighter one for all of you, for the person you saved. Not so much for the person you lost. You're all monsters. But all the best stories are about monsters. So we'll see what you make of the next assignment when we meet again. Before we finish up, officially, we have time to do some of our circle, uh, Circle stuff. Circle stuff. Circle stuff. We are headed into the finale. You have uh, four resources left to spend in a manner of your choosing, as uh, was our dark bargain when we first began. Right. So, what do you want to buy? Stitch refresh and training. And training. I think training does what? Gives you one die for a little extra juice. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> uh, can you get back resistances for, with any of these? Yes, uh, with your refresh. With refresh. I refresh gives realized... back all your drives and resistances. I just realized my strongest power, and I only have like one 
nothing incense. Oop. Oh well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Back to one, everybody. I think I'm gonna use a refresh, if that's okay with everyone. Sure, yeah. Doctor, heal thyself. Hey, this is the last time to use it. This uh, is it. How many? Smoke them if What's you got them. Uh, four more. Four, four more. Oh, so I'll use one refresh. A refresh as well. Okay. Yeah. Madam Glatz, you have body marks, don't you? Ooh. Is it something that the doctor can help you uh, with? I have two body marks. Two. Oh. <laughs> I didn't kill anyone. <laughs> <laughs> no one hit my feet. I have a two body, two brain, two bleed. I'm hurting. Two body, two brain, and two bleed? Yeah, you should just take So close. Like, right? Stitch um, clears all your marks. Mm -hmm. Enjoy. <laughs> so yes, I'll take a stitch. So Please. did you take a stitch and a refresh? Uh-uh. Oh. I mean, so refresh, it. refresh, stitch. Yes. Oh, we only have one more to play with then. One, one more. more. something? I've only have... I only have one mark. Damn it. It's okay. It's okay. And I can fill the drives if I need to. So. Do you need stuff? I've got one body, one bleed, three brain. Ooh. But. You, baby. Just leave it. Just leave it. <laughs> just leave it. You need like a fourth one, like two more scars. You should That's use some kind it. of trigger. Everyone's got so much more room. Don't use it. I know, right? Why aren't so much, so much a train? You never use you it. Have, yeah, it's a bit of a smoke them if you got it, though. We even have, like, what if you had one D6? Just for whatever. And it failed. I wasted. I mean, we. Or would you rather have drive? You can take the. I know. Yeah, Are you low on drive? or refresh, because I I can take a few more hits and some scars. Well, you could take a stitch and a refresh if you want. I don't want to waste it all on me. Um, be wasted. Little old me. <laughs> me. Um, if Oscar takes one more brain, he's scarred. So at the beginning of the next session, just somebody brain me. <laughs> I'll go down, and I'll be up for the rest of the session. There you go. <laughs> That's, That's true. how it works. True. Just resuscitate you, and then uh -huh. you'd be good. God, you do, I mean, we crazy. do have... I never pictured you as an optimist. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably we all have, apart from you, we all have three more scars we could take before we die-die. Oh, That's okay, that's okay. I love a challenge. So you're gonna have to work pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, I'm you not gonna be a sympathetic baby. Lask. I work for you. <laughs> oh. Yeah, refresh yourself. Okay, I'll refresh myself refresh and, and stitch ah! was Sorry, that was exactly <laughs> Refresh and Sorry, a stitch. We're in the tone. It's so Thank you, my darlings. Uh, I will say now that all uh, resources are spoken for. If anyone wanted to call a scene uh, to like go through any of this in a narrative way, there is time and space for that. But if not, we can just come back for the finale and get what we get. You do also have some little some little guys. Little toys. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. We never fucked with the toys. Mm -hmm. I don't know what your refresh feels like. Our, I mean, we had talked at the break about maybe fiddling around with the doorknob. Mm. That's right. That's true. We did. You want to doorknob it up, or um, do you want to do that next time? I do have the doorknob. I mean, I don't even know what to do with this thing, so I just grab it and I just start twisting it. Is in the open air? Yeah, just in open air. As you're driving back to the glass. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you're like, driving. <laughs> what 
You're just driving along with it. We should do it back there. Nothing, just do it and just quietly fidgeting with this thing. Trying to figure out how this works. Well, you're magic. Can't you do magic with it? I'm not exactly a real magician. Don't tell people that. That's your whole thing. I thought the whole this thing was, with magic is. This is uh, in the car. It stays in the car with us. Ooh, car talk. Car talk. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just knocking it. You know. Can, can you say some magical words or something? I don't know how this shit works. <laughs> just dead ass just doing this back of the car is the funniest thing I can think of. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> You have to section cup it to a wall and <laughs> put it on the side of the car where the, the doorknob door door goes. Yeah. <laughs> cars in Candela have doorknobs. <laughs> no headlights, <laughs> just candles in the front. We'll put doorknobs. Who else has what piece? Huh? You have the knife, yeah? Uh, the idea is until someone like calls the shot, uh, it just stays in the communal so pile. You could it also is, have oh, it. Yeah, that's true. You can I have see. it all if you want. What if in the downtime I just take the dagger and I do some little, I choose a little drawing on the doorknob? Do you want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a crucial part of it. <laughs> uh, so yeah. We all meet for brunch the next day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was <laughs> Cosmo, as you are uh, sort of fiddling with both the knife, are you using uh, their knife or your knife? I'm using their knife. Okay. Their knife, this doorknob, and you start moving through it. Like, just as a test, you like cut a little bit of uh, like some bread that you're eating at the brunch I think you're at. <laughs> you know, great, still a knife. And then again, you have that intersection, that interaction, as you move over alchemical symbols. It feels like you are carving something without disrupting the doorknob and the sigils on it, but you're like carving into the idea of the magic that could sit on top of it. Make a sense roll. All right, here we go. Where's my character sheet? It's gone. <laughs> um, I will use one drive. Yep. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Come on. So cute. This is how I kill you. Oh. 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 I, I'm going to take the. Mm, <laughs> no. I can do a, a gilded five or a, or a regular six. What I'll do take you the do? six. He Take takes the, the six. six. Door number one and door <laughs> number two. Yeah. You carve into it. Carve onto it. And you feel it. That sense of stacking of layers. And the analogy I'll give next sits a little higher in the air and is more for Liam and the table and the audience than the sort of abstract understanding that Cosmo comes to. And you think about what kind of, what the difference in complexity and beauty of a painting you could make in the difference between building layers of color, adding form on top, layer after layer after layer, versus if you only had one layer of pigment and you had to get every pixel correct. You realize that this knife, this stylus, allows you to 
to carve new alchemical symbols onto existing ones. If you completed a thought and it made sense in the context of what this doorknob does, you could add new orders, add layers of complexity. And with a full success, you understand that that's the difference. This right here. All of the modern alchemists, they, they can't make anything that even approaches what Old Fair did. Because they have to work so wide to get all of the complexity, all of the thought that you can get now by carving on top of a symbol. Letting that coalesce, stacking another idea, more magic, more alchemy, more choice. You could build things of infinite complexity that could change the world. Stylus is the idea of a new dimensionality to magic that has been long forgotten that you hold now in your hand and in your chair. And the doorknob, I'll also give you free, uh, put it in a wall is the thing that you get. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> you know, like a wall, like, like you would do with a door knob. Yes. Where you would put a door. Uh, any old wall, right? Any old wall. I'll start with my own wall. Mm. I put it, yeah. Are we but, with you as you do this? Yeah. Okay, brunch. I hope this could have grown up. Brunch. I'm eating a bagel. Are we doing this, yeah. at, are we doing this at an IHOP? What are you doing? <laughs> bagel and locks. <laughs> take a brain. I've decided. <laughs> oh, you take <laughs> I should take a brain. I have a scar. <laughs> You plug it into the wall, and it resolves into a beautiful, high-arched, nine-foot-tall, four-foot-wide door of uh, like gilded gold carved in symbols of both magic and decoration, uh, patterns repeating, tessellations, mathematical fractal rotations that you have seen in texts or uh, like depictions of the ruins of Old Fair. It's just right here in your house. Turn the knob and open the door and you'll light on a 12 by 12 foot office full of bookcases covered in objects and correspondence and uh, plants and all of the walls around are covered in symbols and every symbol is full of text. And you with that understanding now of the dimensionality of building on top of that, you can feel and understand a little more the layers that are built here. Anyone that like looks in or walks in, you can see over the door where the sort of like roof meets the wall at a 90 degree angle, there's a set of symbols that look like a sun rising over that 90 degree angle and gentle golden light pours from it, illuminating everything. You don't feel the bleed of it. You're not sure why, 
but here, in this little space that belonged to the serious man. There is magic of the size and scale and breathtaking beauty that was always talked about in Old Fair or hinted at. Not the grandest workings, no, but farther than most have gotten. And there are notes here. And for all of the things covering all of the surfaces of this place, of the busyness of it, the sort of pale yellow wooden desk at the center of the room is pristine and uncovered, shined to a polish, the small scrap of paper sort of at the head where someone would sit at it. Well, there's a lot to sift through in here and I will do it, but I will start with that slip of paper. You go to pick it up, scratch at it. It's connected to the table. Oh, am I able to read it? There's nothing written on it. Oh. Oh. Where's the syringe? In the sort of hammer space oh, right, of right, whoever right. grabs it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Would it be crazy to, to, I don't know, use a syringe on the paper to reveal something? Or the dagger. The dagger. Or that. What do you do? I think the syringe just contains bleed. That's mm. my understanding. Is that right? Mm -hmm. It's like a bleed extraction. Yes. Is and it very specifically interacts, like, it's a syringe, it interacts with like flesh, okay. you stab it into something while it's empty. It tanks a point of bleed, and then you have a nasty little bleed guy. Is everything in this room, I'm poking my head in, yeah. getting crumbs <laughs> all over the floor. <laughs> is um, everything in the room like a facade? Like is it all, like are the shelves just You wanna make a roll about flat? it or physically interact with it? I'm just gonna touch the, the wall. Like, are they books or are they pictures of books? They're books. Okay, okay, it's it's not all a facade. <laughs> yes. Um, well then, yeah, I got shit. I mean, you wanna use your fucking dagger on that? <laughs> I will write one or two uh, ancient Farron ruins on that piece of paper just to test what happens. What do you use to write the runes? The same blade I used to enter. You cut into the paper, and just like with the first nick, you realize you've cut the paper. Yes. This is a, like this stylus dagger is behaving as a dagger right now. Ah. Because the, the trick of it is, mm. it behave like it layers uh, alchemy on top of it, like existing symbols. Mm. So it's a blade until it interacts specifically with alchemy symbols, which is why you've been able to hold on to that dagger of yours for decades and never see its true form. Really? At what point would you have thought to do that? Let's try this. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Oh no. Now that's something I didn't <laughs> expect to happen. We gotta honor a big flex. You put your blood on the paper and the desk does what it does. Researches, goes into the files deep within it and searches for anything that matches the query. 
And this was a person whose great working in the moment of triumph failed. And as he jumped overboard to save himself from the sinking ship that he caused, he saw you. And you as a boy. But the blood will out. And he knew if I wait, either this man will pop up again or he will die in obscurity and the ritual was never going to work anyway. But he spotted you again in the city. And again, when, like him, you hadn't aged. So a file comes up. Grim. Grimmick. Oscar. Carrie. Cosmo. And everything he's been able to find about your family appears in ink across the desk. Written out like a story of your life for you to see. Any news of the sinking of the ship, references to the fact that you were the survivors. He's found Candela members and interrogated them, the people that came and took your statement after the ship sank. He has their reports, what you said about it. And then over time, over the last 80 some odd years, everything that he has of you when you went to jail when he joined Candela, he's been keeping track of you, waiting to meet you again, to figure out the secret of what went right and what went wrong, and if he could take the gift that he was so close to giving himself back. Your blood sinks into the paper and fades. And with that, the ink begins to slowly fade. What do you know about that? Bring the bagels in. <laughs> I've got a lot to sort through. Yeah. I'll get seconds. So I think with that, now having literally unlocked the door of the serious man's secret and his stash and his storage, that is where we will end tonight's episode. And we will see you again one last time for the finale of the circle of Tide and Bone. Oh boy, oh boy. Breath is so important in this world. Let's take a deep breath in and out. And we will see you again next week. And until then, is it Thursday yet? Thank you for joining the Esoteric Order of Candela Obscura. If you enjoyed this tale, please leave a rating and review wherever you stream Candela Obscura, as your review may inspire others to join our fight against the otherworldly evils and corruption plaguing this realm. We recognize your bravery and sacrifice, and thank you for helping us protect the Fairlands. Rest well, and we shall meet again.